Paul's on. Hey, wait. Paul, I, I, Paul I, I, looks into his uh, microphone. I'm not hearing anything, and he's and he's looking around. Well, I'm going to say this. Good morning, everybody. I'm Peter Perlman. Paul Benzman is across the roller here. Uh, this is New Radio Media. You're listening to Talking Biz on a beautiful sunny Saturday. You know, Paul, a lot of wind yesterday, and I thought it was just from you. No, no, you know, Peter, it's funny. <laughs> Something with the the headphones. Nothing in my ears. I don't know what's going on. Anyways, okay. uh, we don't need headphones. No, nah, who needs them? Who needs them? You look good this way. Thank you. Thank you. Is my hair okay? <laughs> looks no, looking, looking, looking sharp. Let me borrow some of these over here. Let's see what's going. on. I'm going to try around the whole circle here. There and see you go. What's going on. You know, yeah, we, have, here. we have headsets. Plenty of headsets. Headsets are us. Who would hey, I? hey, guess what? I got this something one. in this one here. All right, All perfect. Try, try uh, good morning, Peter. Can I hear you again? Yeah. How you doing? Well, you know, we have the cameras lifted up. A little bit, we can see mm. more of the people in our studios. Yeah. Looking sharp, we've we made some improvements. We're always improving here at uh, NewRadioMedia.com. Yeah. So, anyway, if, since we're talking about NewRadioMedia.com, let's mm. give them on how we can find us at eight four four nine 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 two four nine, and of course, go to NRM Streams with a Z. Uh, you can get us at Google or the App Store. Join us. So we'd love to hear from you today. And I know Paul checks those text messages, so. You fans of Paul, if you want to send him a text, let his thumbs do his thing. They're coming in. They're coming in. Anyways, uh, they're coming in. They're coming it's, in. It's Look one of those sunny weekends. Hey, it seems like the weather. I did think change. you're lost because it is so sunny. It, you don't know it, how well, to handle it. Well, it's sunny, but the other thing is, is that we uh, finally have some warmer weather in the Detroit area. It seems like you know, Peter. Remember the days you used to have like a spring jacket and you wore it for about four, five, six weeks. They call it a fleece now. Yeah, but now, but even then, you go from the cold to the hot. There's no like. Middle ground for a long well, time. We switch over pretty quick. Not too bad, though. Not too bad. I mean, the weather's been pretty good. I mean, the wind yesterday, we must say, for the greater metropolitan Detroit area, and actually Michigan, over 300,000 people had their power knocked out when winds were getting up to almost 70 miles an hour. So, you know, we want to congratulate Detroit Edison and consumers getting their crews out there right away. Uh, they feel by Sunday afternoon they should have everybody back up. Back up? Back, back up. up. Back hey, up. Good work to Detroit Edison and the crews, the you know, guys. So, you know, we got uh, at 9 o'clock today, we got a special guest coming in, uh, the deputy chief of police. Uh, no, what, what, wait, what, what city? West Bloomfield I Police Department. I have an unpaid ticket. Well, you know, Paul, I think you ought to be leaving the studio because Kurt's going to come in, and Kurt Lawson's going to talk a little bit about the history of uh, the department. But more importantly, we have a special program coming up that we're going to share with Kurt it's going to be happening just in another week or so uh, in the community with 12 food trucks. And he's going to uh, really— He's going to write them all tickets? He's going to share with us <laughs> everything about it, what makes it so unique. And wow. uh, this is really going to be an exciting piece because it, it really benefits the community, um, not just West Bloomfield, but even beyond. Where are the trucks going to be? Is he going to tell Orchard Mall. Orchard Mall. I'll give you that <laughs> at much. At least something's going to be at the Orchard I'll Mall. I'll give you that. <laughs> Nothing. Everything but, else is closing so, down at the Orchard Mall. Do you know what today is? Today's Saturday. Cinco de Mayo Day. Cinco de Mayo. And yesterday was May the 4th. Be with you. Yes, it may be. Yeah, yeah. Cinco and, de Mayo. And where nobody came to where? my birthday party on the 3rd. You didn't invite me. It was a quiet party. You didn't invite me. I was waiting I'll for the invitation. I'll tell you. I had 57. Nice. I had, how old are you? 50, 59 <laughs> balloons in the car. I love I to it, my friends. Yes, I have 59, oh, 69 balloons in the car. Hey, hey, next year's big party time, right? 
I don't know. We don't uh, even talk. Yeah, it's just another day on the calendar. You know, it's funny. I see it it's last another night. Another day on the know, calendar. Knowing we had a police officer coming in oh, um, yeah. today, I was going to bring some bags. I bet. A bag of oregano, a bag of different things, oh, all yeah. kinds of bags. Let the puppy see, sniff it. If he knew the difference of those. But, but anyway, you know Cinco de Mayo. Here, here's your first What's trivia question. What's the story qu- with Cinco de Mayo? Here's your first trivia question. I drink a lot of beer. In what year did the Mexican army have victory over the French troops, Napoleon III's troops, which, oh, gave, them, which gave them their independence right, so in what year? So Napoleon was what year? Was it the 1800s? Yeah, okay, 1800s. So I'm getting there. i gotta, I got to work on this. Was it around 1850-something? 18 what? 60-something? You're, you're getting there. You're, you're in that realm. 1872. No, stay in the 60s. Okay, 63. Two. 62. I'm close. So I got 18, it to the 1800s, 1800s, right? You know, I'm so proud of you, I'm Paul. getting better. Yeah, I'm I, so I, proud of you. I, I had to take so off my shoes for the man. Because of this famous victory, yes. Kelsey is going to go out and celebrate with her mother and uh, Pops. Kelsey's going down. She's going river? to go Lincoln celebrate Cinco okay. de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. Okay, Kelsey, I hope you have so, a designated driver if you're going to be drinking. You know. So oh, you're sleeping over there she's tonight. Sleeping. Oh, oh, that's good. Good. Okay, the party's at Chelsea's mom's house tonight. You know. We'll give out the address before the end of the show. And, and everybody needs to know she's sitting in this wonderful phone booth. Freezing to death, you know. She's reliving those cold days of winter. Well, what happened is, Peter, that originally was our cooler. <laughs> and, and we never changed the air conditioning system around. We used to store our beverages in there. Uh, so see. when we built the studio, we didn't change the AC. So sorry, Kelsey. We'll thaw you out after the show, okay? Now, the Chelsea here, pop, right? Here you go. So here you go. Today is a very, very big day in sports. Yes. the One of the biggest days, one of the biggest viewing days in sports. I have a lot of money on this race. All right, trivia question. Okay. How many races has this been now? What, you know, we have like, is it the 30th race of this famous race? The 101st is, running, isn't it? The what? The 101st running, 101. But, you know. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Kentucky Derby, Louisville here. We're down here at the Downs, and this is our 144th annual event. 144th. Oh, gosh, Run. I missed 43 of them? Four, you missed 143 No, of them. no, I well, said you had 100. All right, so I missed, I, I missed 43 of them. So now that we're down here. I didn't here, lose at those races. We're at Churchill. So we're at Churchill Downs right now, yes. ladies and gentlemen. You know, next 20, year we have a crew ho- going there. We have 20 horses going to the gate. We do. And? I do want to find something for you. This was so great. Okay, tell me. Uh, well, tell I got me. a way to get Talk to me. You Talk know, the, the electronics world and I do not get along, as okay. you know. Okay, okay. So. Um, I don't see me either. because I don't know. I, I, I the just, power button was on. Hey, I just work here. Okay. What do I? Go ahead. Okay. Um, there was a great thing, and I got to find. Oh, here it is. Okay, so you're going to love this. And I want to thank our friends at USA Today. All right, give me something I love. Come on now. All right, here you go. The 144th running of the Kentucky Derby happens on Saturday, which is today. Mm-hmm. And while the first leg of the Triple Crown is the hardest race of the year to handicap, you can justify picking the favorite. That's actually the favorite's name, by the way. And won't be a lone sailor, another entrant, if you do so. However, after reading why one expert says justify won't win, you might be enticed. Yes, another one of the entrants. To call an audible, yep, another horse at the gate, and bet your money elsewhere, even though Justify has an experienced 52-year-old jockey who's never been better, an argument can be made that and against every horse in the field. 
So make yourself a mint julep. Sit back and enjoy the most exciting two minutes in sports and enjoy the women wearing their hats. Are they paying us for that promotion? Well, you know, I want to thank Send the people. Send an invoice you know, to, uh, to USA Derby Today. Because that was a nice I, I thought that was very, very nice of them. USA But today. what is the value of the purse? That's probably the well, biggest thing. Well, is it thing. a Prada? The value of the purse. Uh, what kind of purse is it? Is it a Prada? Is How much a, cash is, it... is in the purse? Well, after you buy an expensive purse, How there's much nothing cash left in the purse. Is in... Are we shopping on Madison? How much to... cash is in the purse? $3 million. $2 million. They took Two a million, million out of the purse? $2 million. Wait, wait. The All purse right. used to have $3 million. Who Two stole million. the million? All right. Now. Talk to me. Talk to you. 1865, and I've been told I can't give you a lot of war dates anymore. I've been a- I've been hounded by a- 18, family members. 18, that, even though you love the Air Force and all this military stuff. 1865, okay? Thank you. Yeah. The what first happen- Q-tip was invented. What happened in 1865? The first Q-tip was invented. What happened in 1865? I just told you. The first look Q- it up. The first at, Q-tip well, was invented. I can't. Invented. It's stuck in my ear. I can't. The first Q-tip it was invented in 1865. Right. It was actually July 3rd, 1865. And what made you think of this? Because it was invented that year. Well, how did you come upon this? Because I I read I read I read a lot. <laughs> okay. I read a lot of business. Well, the Confederate yes. government invented was by declared Q-tip. dissolved. We dissolved the Confederate government yeah. at Washington, Georgia. Isn't that a little oxymoron? Washington, Georgia. Yeah. So we yeah I know, and, and all the flags still exist down south. By the way, you know we're sending this. Uh, sh- uh, NASA released a uh, a rocket. Sh- a rocket. Yeah. To Mars, but in 1961. It all started with who? 1961. In 1961. That was the moon landing. No, it wasn't. No, no, nice try. before. 61? In 1961. Yeah. NASA did what that started this whole thing under President Kennedy? They started a program. Alan B. Shepard, first man for the United States to go in orbit. Nice man. Alan Shepard. Ever have dinner with Alan? Alan Shepard. Alan's a nice guy. Here we go. What a nice guy. All right, my last one because I'm staying on the Kentucky Derby theme today. Well, no, you went to the. You just went to the moon. No, you just went to to Mars. You're back to come. I'm back. Okay, so we're coming back to the Kentucky Derby. Okay, you know what? Don't bet on three-legged horses. That's the tip. Name me the horse, not their jockey. The horse Secretariat. Where'd you do all my homework already? I just threw out a name, Secretariat. Secretariat wins the 1973 Kentucky Derby in one minute, 59 <laughs> seconds, 2.5, and nobody has ever broken that record. I have ESPN. That concludes. All right. Man, I'm good today. Boy, I, you I, are. Good thing I ate my Let's, bagel and cream cheese. All right, so I'm going to turn the camera. No today. I'm turning the camera. We're going to news. Wayne State University DMC. Yeah, they're going back and forth. We are the med school. We aren't the med school. We're tied in the med school. They gave an extension this morning. Till August. Yeah, they're going to work a deal out. 31st. But what is the hang-up that makes no sense? Here's the part that makes no sense. In the document, it says, you cannot go after my docs, DMC. Yep, yep. You know, you would think that that would have been a covenant not to compete Period. Yep, yep. And now comes this whole thing. And this is only the beginning. I talked to a doc last night um, that's been in our okay? show. Were you feeling okay? That's been in our show. We talked about Wayne State. We, no, we talked about Wayne State. Wayne State. Okay. I said, let's. I went to Wayne State. I'm returning. What happens if Wayne State walks away from the DMC? Where do they go? Where do they get the training? Where do these guys go? 
I believe they're pretty bright at Wayne State. Where are they going to go? And I'm sure they've had conversations with other hospital groups. Do you know the hospital group? I'm going to think about that. Let me think about it. Well, it's not Beaumont because they're with Oakland University. Who's the closest thing to DMC? DMC, DMC. Who's the closest thing to DMC? I'm thinking. I'm thinking. If you got to think, we're in trouble. Okay, so you got DMC. You said that three times already. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking. You, got you said St. that four times you got now. Providence Hospital. Henry Ford. Henry Ford. Well, Henry in their Ford's backyard. A, you know what? They're working the deal already. They're, yeah, they're, they're in the backyard. You know, you know I they're went to Wayne State. Subject. Back in 1978, <laughs> I went to Wayne State. And back then, we weren't, they weren't the Warriors. We were named after a fish sauce. We were the Tartars. <laughs> yeah, the Wayne State Tartars. That was like, okay. I got to love it. Gotta we were the lo- I, I got to love that one. Yeah, so yeah, I think they're probably working with Henry Ford. Matter of fact, Henry Ford's got some great stuff going on. They do. They're building the Cancer Center across West Grand Boulevard. They're building a 300-acre campus over there. Well, what they across. did is they bought the property all the way to I-94, mm-hmm. wrapping around the Grand River, mm-hmm. and bringing it back so that the Motown complex will fall under the campus of Henry Ford, just in a, yeah. how they enlo- you know, will involve it, envelope well, it. We're going to go from the folks at Henry Ford and we're going to go all the way to Allen Park right now. Allen Park. Oh, I, Allen Park's got a great I, Italian restaurant. Taking turn to, they finally move forward to plans for a Chick-fil-A. A Chick-fil-A in Allen Park. So it's not going to be at Oakland University, uh, which we already uh, have uh, one. No, it's no, not going to be at the nope. at Metropolitan it's Airport. There. Yep, yep. This will be their first. This will be their first true community piece. Wrong, my friend. No, it will be. They have 13 other restaurants in Michigan. Not in, in this area. Not, not in this no, area, I'm but I'm talking community. about this area. No. Oh, then you're this right, community. my friend. Okay, yes, in I, this I will, community. This community. I, I, I'm moving to Ishpeming T-H- where they have one. Okay? Yes. 13 under. How many do they have nationally? Do you know that? Give well, me how many they have nationally. No, but I do know they're closed, on, you, su- they're closed on Sundays. They are, but tell me how many they have nationally. You're questioning well, okay. me. I'm going to give you a question. Yeah, let me, let it's me between one and 10,000. Let me let me massage this, Mr. Paul, and I come up with the answer... 276. 276 Chick-fil-A's? Yeah. Nashley, you're a little short, my friend. <laughs> well, I'm only 5'8". I mean, I'm it five, is basketball six. season. What can 20, I 2,200 Chick-fil-A's nationally. Well, see, I only missed the zeros, you 20, always say. 2,200, 2,200. Hey, something good about Detroit. Well, there's a lot of things going on. Well, you wait know a what? minute. Wait a minute. Have you been to a Chick-fil-A? I have been. What do you like there? You know what? I, I got to be honest. I had a chicken sandwich. I thought it was good. I don't think it was outstanding. I thought it was decent. But I think it's really the culture of Chick-fil-A that brings people in. It's what it is. I think it's the culture, the way they serve people, it's the way cleanliness. they treat people. The cleanliness, the service, and, and the numbers they do are amazing. Matter of fact, I'll give you some numbers. Would you please? In Franklin Park Mall in Toledo. Ah, go okay? to Franklin Park. I they remember had, when they built it. They have a one in the food court, and they, want, they open one outside the mall. Now, yep. before they open the one outside the mall, remember, they're only open six days. Correct. How much volume do you think that Chick-fil-A did for f- six days a week 2. in the food 4 court? 2.4 million. Close, 2.3. See, I'm getting better. 2.3. You are very, very good. So, Peter, well, can I ask you a question? Talk to me. Do we have to put a memo out to tell our staff that they need to go to bed by 10 o'clock at night the day before our show? No, why? This one's yawning. This one's... Peter, Peter <laughs> I hate... so exa- uh, Peter, She's so hyped up. I, I, Peter, I don't have to tell I'm, you. I don't even know what this one's doing behind she, me. She's getting bored with your 1,600, 1,800 numbers <laughs> is what it is. <laughs> she's not yawning. She's also you know, blushing. She, she, she's, she's also she, blushing. She, she's talking, and she's like, you know, she knows... 
She's like, okay, what's these these people were born in the two thousands? No, no, that's end of the nineteen hundreds. Okay, whatever. <laughs> they're all looking but, to but, figure. They're getting out their birth get, certificates went, to check. Hey, Kelsey, Kelsey's not moving in the phone room. Will someone crack her? <laughs> crack the ice. <laughs> He's frozen crack already. the ice. <laughs> Anyways, what hey, you got? the Priceline CEO Detroit yes. is a top destination. Yes, How about it is. that, Detroit? Okay, other top emerging cities are about- Priceline inquires are Hot Springs, Arkansas. Yep, Cleveland. Which has Durham, been. North Carolina, Detroit is fourth on the list. How about that? People are coming to Detroit to visit Detroit. They say the reason it's so hot is that people can jump in the car anywhere in the Midwest and drive on over. So now I'm glad you brought that up. And we may have to carry this thought process a little bit further. A little later? Sure. Well, yeah. there's been a lot of discussion about our mass transit. Yeah. And, and, and now yeah. Hospi- the hospital chiefs themselves around the greater southeast Michigan area mm-hmm. are all talking about how important we need mass transit. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Peter, it's, because when we talked about losing, you know, the folks at uh, the company that was coming here. Yeah, and that was one of the issues. But the problem is, is this. The young people are getting smarter than we are, or maybe they are smarter than we are. Well, they are. Because here's the deal. The cost of owning a car with insurance is skyrocketed, especially in the cities. Major cities, insurance all over the world or all over the country are expensive, but Detroit's extremely expensive. So when you have a car payment of three, four hundred dollars, and insurance that might be half that, six hundred dollars, that's a lot of money. And right. they would rather spend money on a nicer apartment or loft and have a better lifestyle than suck it and, and suck it into a car. So I think they're a little brighter than us. And we have two, three cars in, in the suburbs, and we drive everywhere, and we spend so much time driving. You know, I think one of the things we're going to need to talk about, uh, and we're going to expand on this subject in a little bit, is not only you know the cost of insurance and vehicles and everything, but the way the queue line went and everything else. But um, I want you to hold the thought for a few moments. Okay. I want to let everybody know you're listening to New Radio Media Talking Biz. If you want to reach us, call 844-999-9249. Don't forget that uh, NRM streams with a Z. You can meet us on Google or Apple stores. Shop us. We'll see you on the other side. Want to stay informed, entertained, and enlightened? Get connected and stay connected today to New Radio Media. The New Radio Media app is now available for download in the Apple and Google Play Store. Just search for NRM Streams for unlimited access to archived, live, new, exciting, and unique content. Welcome to Geektainment Weekly, all for free. Do it now. Stay connected. And action. And millions of ducks. You guys go to newradiomedia.com. The arts and entertainment channel.
on new radio media dot com. What's going on in your neighborhood? They say it takes a village. It's the simple things. The things that are a testament to the old. And the things that are a testament to the new. Know what's going on in your community. Check out our community channel on newradiomedia.com. It's all about you, and that's the way we like it. Where you're going. What you do to stay fit. What you're eating. What you're thinking. And how you're feeling. Join the conversation at newradiomedia.com's Lifestyles channel. Stream the life you want to live. Well, we're back here at Talking Biz on NewRadioMedia.com. Cinco de Mayo Day, and uh, we're going to go de Mayo Coffee. Cinco, Peter, Cinco Peter, Coffee. coffee Cinco day. Coffee. Hey, we're going to be having fun. and do we say, Hey, Peter, we, we left the last thing. Let's talk about mass transit community and all that stuff because um, I think it's a bigger problem than people realize. Well, you know, a couple of things have happened, and you listen to the different county executives, first of all, and, you know, we go to Macomb County, and he has a very negative position. We go to Oakland County, it's getting a wishy-washy at this point. Wayne County is very straightforward. We need the mass transit. And then you even go to Washtenaw County, and they're looking for a positive input by the rest of you know of the southeastern piece because they're not getting the employees to their employment. Well, and, and I think there's a lot of things behind it because you have problems with employees and, and, and we're just looking at it. We're going to talk about employment numbers down later in the show. Right. Because if you look at the people and, and what's going on where the job hirings are, it's a lot of lower-income people who can't afford cars. And and if they can't afford cars and you have transportation, how do they get to work? Well, just to give you an idea, the healthcare industry by itself employs over 320,000 people. And we know that a lot of those people come from the city of Detroit or the greater surrounding area of Detroit. Mm-hmm. They do not have the transportation mode that they would like to have. So mass transit plays a very key role. And if we can't supply that, then what are we doing to make our communities better? Now, we also talk about, you know, we talked about Amazon coming here, and Amazon beat Detroit up in a number of areas. And we've listened to the politicians say, well, our education level is coming up or the transit is coming up. Nothing's moving. And I hate to use that term that way, but... Mass transit is the very first thing that we need to do just to get those that are capable of getting to point B. Is So, you know, that's the base. Well, and I've got an opinion. I really do, and, and I don't want any politicians attacking me for this. No, it's not. It's our show. But, we, but we, we have our own but thoughts. We, we look at Oakland County, and we look at Elbrooks. Uh, we almost like he wants to isolate Oakland County from the city. He, well, and, he, and, he's, and so, he's isolated the county to the point... He's made it profitable during the times when all the other counties were suffering, and he's made it an independent community. Well, it's independent, but let's talk about it. Macomb County, you've got to go through Oakland County to get to Macomb, correct, in most cases? I mean, you can go no. the other way, the other side. But if you don't have transit, I think Macomb County sits out there, and they do their thing. But Oakland County, 
connected right to Wayne County in most cases. Okay. I think it's it's more of an isolationist kind of move, and I think it's stupid. I think it's tough because here's the deal. You're almost forcing the younger people who want mass transfer or live in a downtown to go downtown because guess what? If I live in the suburbs, then i got to drive downtown where all the action is, and I'm going to do this. So the fact is that the queue line that's not working so well, we'll talk about that in a minute, we should have built a mass transit up and down Woodward. We should have had something run up the lodge, and we should have had a spoke going out to Ann Arbor. Well, we should follow the three major spokes, right, period. Right. Yeah, the Gratiot spoke, mm-hmm. the Woodward spoke, yep. the Michigan Avenue, or whatever you right. want to call it. And, and and we should have designed the city there now because we're the automotive city, and, 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 the, and the car companies wanted two cars in every garage. Right. Uh, we were not involved with mass transit. When they designed the lodge, they could have designed it with a rail in the middle of it going up to the suburbs well, this, or whatever. This, this, all right, so I'm the only one in the studio that was on a streetcar growing up. Yeah, you used to drive a horse to school. I remember that. Go ahead. Go ahead. But the streetcar went right down the middle of the road. Yeah. And that was the key. Now we go to the queue line. Bad design. That weaves in and out. People park cars. Yeah. The, sn- the winter time. It is convoluted. And it should have been raised above the ground, number one, platformed up, doesn't interfere with traffic at all, move it down, and make it go somewhere. You know what? You know who really? Make, I, know, you know I who knew the, that joke. No, 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 no. But you know who the winner of the, of the queue line was? Sure. The people that own the real estate on Woodward. Of course it did. Because it. when they designed that, the real estate prices on Woodward Shot. went way, way up. Now, a couple solutions. They need more cars. Because there's not enough cars. It's not this, but that's the secondary solution. Well, the primary solution is that you can't go from point A to B without having a conflict with an auto. Yeah. That's the number one problem. They need louder horns. They need louder horns on Here the queue lines. Go, they just honk, honk, get out Here of the way. Go. Lay on the horn of the queue. Get, get the out horses of the way. back out. Or they need those cow pushers. Are you so they Lee can push Allen? The cars Are you Lee Allen? What's Pakistani wrong? What's horn. What's wrong with e- 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 Lee Allen? Lee Allen and the Pakistani horn. That's before my Do you remember time. that? That's way before Joel, my time. Sebastian, and Lee Allen over Peter, at WXYZ. Peter, Peter, the people our favorite in old, our, our old our, days our, radio. Our folks that work with us, you're boring them. They don't know who e- Lee Allen is. You wonder why she's falling asleep. Wait a minute. Lee <laughs> Allen, just so you, you know. You wonder why she's Spex falling asleep. Ho- just so you know, you came from Spex Howard. Spex mm-hmm. Howard bought the Lee Allen from Lee, of, Allen. from Lee Allen. There you go. So there's your history lesson Another for today. Another piece of useless information. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kelsey, are you alive over there? Okay. But anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. So anyways, let's go back to transit. I'm let's talk about the queue line. And, and here's the deal. Um, you know, I, I had a bad experience the first time on the queue line. I went to a concert at, at Little Caesars Arena, and it was a Sunday. And uh, I was with my son, and we were going to go to have a dinner down the street on Woodward. Mm-hmm. And we are sitting at the queue line stand, and it said the next – train will be here in 10 minutes all of a sudden it switched the next train will be here in 20 minutes they reduced the numbers of cars that night okay so i texted matt cullen and i said matt what is with this he says what do you mean i told him what happened he checked into the next day and matt did get back with me and said apologize they were going to change the the routes because it was pretty new and they're going to add more trains later but the people that ride the queue line here's the issue it was supposed to have people, if you work downtown and you want to go to Midtown for lunch, you're supposed to go on the queue line, right? The fact is, it takes up over half your lunch hour, so it's not efficient. No. It's not efficient. You know, it only goes 3.3 miles, number one. Well, both ways. 6.6 miles. Like I said. And the biggest thing is, 
the cost factor is now rising because as the ridership drops, the costs go up. And were they like 2,700 people a day now? 2,700. It do- dropped down to 2,700. Pico was like 55. No, they do something. figure with the warmer weather, people will jump on it because people will be back outside. Jump on it. Jump, on jump it. off of it. Stuff it. like yeah, that. Okay. Um, yeah. The wait time between the trains averages, they say, 10 minutes during the peak hours. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that's better than it was 19 a year ago. Yeah, I said it was 20 I minutes. Yeah, so it's, 20 it's minutes. You're terrible. Fine yeah. But do I see it as a... Do I see it as being successful? I think it has to be revamped. Yeah, you know they, um, they've got it. You know it's it's it, well, you know first of all uh, it was all uh, mostly private funding. Well, we understand that, it. but then and they underwrote the first year, write it for free, write it for free. Yeah, but at the end of the day, I don't know. You got to you got to be able to go somewhere with you it. You know what? You and I are going to do a show. We're going to go down there and we'll try to do something. We'll take a ride. I'll tell you the place, but I want to stay on transportation because we're talking about this. Yes, talk about transportation. Downtown and Metropolitan Airport, though, Mm -hmm. came up with FAST, a bus bus service. And when I was at the airport the other day, and I'm seen to be at the airport every week, that FAST bus is moving right along, and um, it seems to be popular. It's popular, but it goes too fast. Pardonnez-moi. I tried to get at it. It passed right by. Oh, right. bada-bing, bada-boom. Ah, Benny Goodman or whatever his name was. You know, Paul, don't forget at 9 o'clock, I have Deputy Chief Kurt Lawson and, coming and, and in. At 2 to 9, I'm leaving on paid tickets, so I'll be leaving so, the um, you know, I'll go out the back door. Kelsey uh, Deputy back Chief door. will be in here, you know. and uh, Deputy Chief. And he's I'm, I'm so glad I didn't food. ask him to bring the narcotics dog. Well, you got the pot on you? No, but that's a show unto itself. Well, speaking of pot... Yeah, good segue. Do you know more businesses are mellowing out <laughs> over hiring pot smokers? Did you know that major story this week? Well, because, I, because I, don't, I don't I don't know where you got that story. I got the I've story heard, right I've, here I've, in the Funkin' Wagnall uh, in the print. Funk. Okay, oh, in print here. Okay, let hey, me talk to you. Do you know that more management, more companies well, are I, eliminating pot from drugs that can be found in a person's body during testing? They said that because of legalization of marijuana in many cities and for medicinal purposes, they are eliminating pot findings as a way not to hire people. So here's something for you. Wait, stay on that subject I'm, for I've one minute. I've got more to talk on Yeah, I know. Okay, but now go you go ahead. to HR, and yep. guess what you have to do? You have to do a drug test if you want to drive a truck. Right, but wait a second. Wait a I second. want to hear this. So I, they didn't say anything about driving trucks. You did that, but I'm telling you that hotel workers— they, they are having a hard time of finding restaurant and hotel workers, so you can light up your joints now and you can get hired, okay? As long as you don't do it at work. That's fine, but you can go on a break and smoke a joint, come well, back. That's the problem, though. You may go that. out and do that. You come yeah. back in. The residue is on the clothing. No, the problem it hangs, is— It hangs I, on I, the clothing. I get that, but they said that the consumption of restaurant food with employees smoking pot is way up. They they come back. They they come back and they go from a break, smoke pot, and they eat more. And the revenue of restaurants is up, even with their discounts. You know, here's the pot. All right. So here's what we're going to talk about. (laughs) Talk to me. The second half of this hour. Wait, where did the first half go? Well, it's 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 moving right along. Flying by. We're you know what? I want to talk for a minute. We've got to let people know they can text us and they send us info at newradiomedia.com. They can email us. I can receive them right here. Call us at 844 999 249. Slowly so they can understand That's it. That's 844 
999-999-9249. Perfect. Uh, Suzanne in West Bloomfield says she's enjoying listening to the show today. She is. And she is wants to know more. She's heard about the food truck rally. She's going to hang out at 9 o'clock. Great. Let's do our policeman here. And uh, this is cool. Food truck rally. Are we going to be here, Peter? Well, not only are we going to be June here, 8th. we're going to be here on the other side because i got to share with everybody that we're listening to Talking Biz. I'm Peter Promo with Paul Benzman. Paul and I are going to take a break, read what we have to really do. Guys, wait up. Hold on. Daddy said hold on. You know, I was thinking, Bill, yeah. I'm ready for our show, and, and you're ready for mm -hmm. the show, but how do we let everyone know that we're ready for the show? Uh, slow motion rap video? What's going on in your neighborhood? They say it takes a village. It's the simple things. The things that are a testament to the old. And the things that are a testament to the new. Know what's going on in your community. Check out our community channel on newradiomedia.com. Why are we here? What makes a person truly good? For those answers, you're gonna have to take a philosophy class. But if you're more interested in who would win in a fight between R2-D2 and a Dalek, watch Get It To The Geeks on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. on NewRadioMedia.com. Well, there's our music back. Now we're gonna figure out, neither one of us is really taking the show back because we own the show, right? What? We own the show, right? Uh, I don't have the title to the show. You don't have the title to the show, nope, Talking didn't Biz? Get, didn't get the title. We own the title. Wait a minute. I know we registered the name. <laughs> no, we own the name Talking Biz. Talking Biz. But you said, do we own it? I never got the title. Like a car title? The title. It's too early in the morning. Excuse have some me. coffee, What is Peter. your title here at the company? Me? Yeah, you have a title, right? I'm the head janitor. Head janitor. Yeah, when it's I want to bring that up. Because what it's happened funny. to... Wait, I'm glad you brought yeah, that up. Wait yeah, a minute. I went down to get a cup of coffee. Yeah. And there's no bottle of water, which you told me we wouldn't have anymore. We had this week. But, but I didn't see the five-gallon jug. Well, we got to talk to that guy. Wait a minute. Water, I looked for that. I went every room head, looking for head that five-gallon jug. Department was and I actually had to find a faucet. We had good. A faucet. The faucet's good. A faucet. That's good water. A faucet. It's Detroit City Tap. Did you see what happened just in Flint again? Yeah. The report that came out? Well, wow, but Flint. The governor signs off, no more water. Yeah. And the report comes back and says, not yet, boys. Not yet. Yeah, but how about how about? There's another subject. How about <laughs> lead in Highland Park? We got we got, got subject. We got we lead, got subject. We got lead in Highland Park from the paint. All right. Look, look. Let's talk about lead paint. How often do we lick a wall? You know what? I'm telling you something. They have new paints that have flavors. <laughs> Okay, Pittsburgh paint has flavored paints. I mean, now. I do love. You can I have do a yellow love, wall that tastes like bananas. You I mean, a lot of my, yeah. a lot of the offices I walk into now with what they paint on the wall. Now you can take your markers and write on the wall, and you can, you know, do all that. So yeah, the I did that become, when I was a kid and I got in trouble. Well, you did. That's yeah. because um, permanent markers. Diana didn't like that. No, she went out of town one time, and I decided to repaint the moldings with a red marker. 
you know, we have a co- my cousin who's an investor in this wonderful company. Cousin Vinny? Uh, cousin Bobby. I had lunch um, with Bobby last week. Well, um, Mom told him to do something in the garage, and he misinterpreted it, so he painted the garage and the car. Well, it's better than doing something else in the garage. Well, okay. you know, so Bobby's a fun guy. I Bobby's had, I had a riot. A really good lunch. Bobby, with Bobby has no last name, but Bobby's Bobby, a Bobby, riot. Bobby, Bobby met me at Buddy's, so I had Buddy's oh, and Bobby. Oh, good. Bobby Bob, and Buddy's. So anyway, go ahead, talk um, to me. But I do want to talk. I want to talk okay. about Ford Motor. I want to go back to the famous train, you know, Central Station. Okay. Well, it looks like uh, you know Ford execs keep saying you know they could do something, they may not. May tenth is a very interesting date because that's going to be the day. That the directors could vote on this plan. Well, it's funny you say that because I think Nobody's we announced laughing. last week Nobody's laughing. that they have roughly 50 properties under option in you, the Kirk got, Town area. I don't think anybody has any concept to what Ford okay. Ford is building a new world down there. Well, they're deciding if they're going to take a little detour from Dearborn as they're remodeling stuff in Dearborn and how much they're going to move into Detroit. So they're looking at it as two ways. They're looking at it as an investment in the city because Ford Land's a big development company. And they're looking to say, hey, we want a piece of Detroit, too. So they've got some moves going on. It's very interesting. Well, you know, people don't realize um, Ford laid a big footprint in Detroit years ago, a huge footprint. Wait a second. He only had a size 8 shoe. He laid a Wait a second. A Henry Ford's shoe huge, was only size 8. And I'm not even talking Henry. I'm not talking about great, you know, grandpa, great-grandpa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when they built the Renaissance Center, that was a Ford Motor Land development project. Boy, was that an egg they laid. They thought at the time it bombed. Oh, it bombed. And GM bought it for like pennies, pennies on, on the dollar. dollar. That's right. Hey, we they got it bought it pennies on a dollar. So, so, now, hey. so now you're talking. Here we are. Mm-hmm. We're working in this great area, you know, along Michigan Avenue, where the central station is, Corktown, revitalization. And there's another section of that Corktown that's so unique where they have all these Quonset huts. Yes. For retail or businesses right and near housing. Right service tire over there. You know, so that's a very unique piece that people don't even realize. And I'm really curious how our listeners have spent time down in that area. Well, but, you know, it's... You know, going down to the Western Market and all of this, Those, that's the sampling we never hear about. Well, let me talk about Corktown a little bit, okay? Cause, uh, and now, Paul's view on, on, Corktown. on Corktown. We, um... You know, it got involved in real estate in Detroit 21 years ago when everyone thought it was just lock the doors up. And every broker that I worked for until I had my own brokerage said, hey, you can have the whole city, and they sort of laughed. Well, they're not laughing now. And when we take people down, well, first of all, I tour people from all over the world who bring retail to Michigan. And even if they're not going to open up in the city of Detroit, I tour Detroit to let them know what's happening in Detroit. So when I used to take them, right when Slows opened, I would take them over there. Explain Slows to our listeners, please. Slows Barbecue on Michigan Avenue, right with the view of the train station. And I would take them there, and I'd say, this makes no sense why it's a hit. There's no parking. It was an isolated area. They were there alone when it opened. But it was a destination. And I did that to prove to people that in Detroit there was less supply of services and shops. And if you build it, they did come. And then I would take them over to Warren and Connor to a footlocker in the middle of a rough, rough area. And I said, that little footlocker does $3.4 million a year. And they look at me like, why? Once again, destination. So let's go back to where Slows is in Corktown. And as Detroit was rising, so was Corktown. And maybe Corktown was a little even earlier that people were buying homes and painting them up and living there. And people were riding bikes. And this is, this is before Gilbertville that it started. 
Correct. And people were fixing up homes, and people were working over there. And it was a vibrant little community. When you go there, and this was even three, four years ago in the summer, you see people riding bikes. You see things going on. So the Ford development is just going to expand on that. It will actually connect and really help Mexican Town because that little pocket that's a little tough there from Corktown to Mexican Town will be filled in with Ford Motor Company properties. Well, what's so unique about it, too, is there has been a market there for 50 years plus. Yeah. And it's expanded and it's expanded and it's never left the community. And yet everybody was like, Shuck, why haven't they closed? Why haven't they closed? Because they understood what the city didn't, that without a foundation base, nothing can grow. No, you're, Peter, you're 100% right. If you look at this, that's what's happening. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm a big fan of Detroit. You're a big fan of Detroit. You grew up in Detroit. Um, I'm very happy with the way it's going. And, and let's go back to talking about our younger folks. And, and, you know, when you talk about people that moved away, for years people were moving out of Michigan. You know, out of high school, college, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> I'm getting out. They couldn't run as fast as they want. It's so nice when I run into friends of mine with their kids. Oh, by the way, so-and-so's moving back to Detroit, and so-and-so's coming back home, and so-and-so is in Chicago, and they're coming home. And by the way, and my daughter you have a girl York. for my boy. And, yeah. and by the way, can you find someone from the Americas? Yeah, I don't yeah. want him in the house for that That's long. That's right. But the fact is, it's I love what's going on. Uh, I think it's amazing. Um, every day, every day I look at the folks that work around us, especially the younger people in the office, and I'm learning a lot. I, I really getting educated by everybody in the term, office. Yeah. No, no, because I'm the fact is, there's so much that they can teach us. Yes, they can teach us how to relax, how to take a deep breath, how not to get caught up in the moment, and how not to relieve how to relieve stress. And I'm looking at three of our people here right now, who are all amazing people that are helping us out as our family members of New Radio Media, and you learn a lot. Well, I don't know. You talk about stress. No, I thought watching baseball was supposed to be relaxing. How do we switch And to every baseball? time I watch baseball, okay. it gets more stressful. We, the, Tigers, the Tigers are doing great. The starting pitching is great, and then the bullpen comes in. The story doesn't change. I swear. I was so the, relaxed the, the last night, the, late into the game. The story doesn't change, Peter. But we haven't had pitching. I'll tell you why I bring years. this up to you. You're, now you're, you're trying throwing to figure, me a curveball. You here. are trying to figure out where this came you, from. You are throwing me because a curveball. Because when I'm at Corktown, yeah. okay, yeah. and I'm in that whole area, mm-hmm. I like to walk over to the PAL field, the, yeah. ba- the old Tiger Stadium. Was that you? I saw a guy I, sitting in left field and in a chair alone, just sit there, eating, drinking coffee, and reading right. the newspaper. Thank you Was very much. You? you know, and I just want you to know. It looked like you. It, it was so relaxing. I saw you sitting just there. Just to sit there. You're sitting there. Feel left the field. atmosphere, the days of K-Line, Charlie Maxwell, Paul Foytek, Jim Bunning. They're all saying, who are these people? Once again, old people, folks. <laughs> old folks. But anyway. Are you pushing 97, um, 99? I, I got to tell you, the... That's the gateway. That is the opening gateway from Michigan Avenue down to the Corktown and everything you're sharing with the listeners here at New Radio Media Talking Biz right now. And when that piece, when everybody was so nervous, what was going to happen to the stadium and they're going to tear it down and this and that, what's come from that is what's happening, that whole corridor. You're right. And it's really amazing, Peter, because if you – Look at what's going there, and, and you look where the old uh, 
taxi cab place, which right. checker cab. Those are all going to be apartments and lofts. Yep. There's hundreds of units going back there. So you look at that. If Ford comes over there, that might be the hottest property in Detroit. So if it's not Ford, let's go back for a second. If it's yeah. not Ford for a minute, mm-hmm. who do you believe could even handle such a challenge as Central Station? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, there's a lot of international buyers in town, um, whether it's coming from Israel, whether it's coming from China. Uh, I had a phone call out of L.A. this week from a good friend of mine. He actually is retired, but he's a uh, Uber driver. And he picked, <laughs> he picked up a doctor, and the doctor— That's uh, kind of the, the do- No, it's a great story. The doctor became friends with him. As a matter of fact, it's one of those executive Uber drivers. He has oh, a Mercedes. Okay. And the doctor asked me if he'd take him to the casino. So the doctor took him to the casino. He gave him money to spend, and they became buddies— and the doctor is bringing investment dollars for real estate from China. And so it's very – I get a call and says, Paul, do you know anything about this? I said, I'm very familiar with EB-5 immigration visas and stuff. And now I'm going to have a conference call with the doctor this upcoming week to bring money from China here. And this has been going on for years, but more so the last five years, that you know we think that the prices went real high. So near Joe Lewis and where property was 40000 now it's 400000 It's still a bargain to the international community. So they're buying. So someone like an international company could come by the train station and put in several hundred million dollars, and they still feel it's a bargain. Well, you know, that may be, mm-hmm. and I would like Ford's to see. Ford's going to get it. Well, it'll be, I would like to see Ford get it, but yeah. I, there are two other things happening in that corridor. One, let's stay with this other piece for a moment. Okay. Joe Lewis. Yep. It's coming down. Buy a seat. Buy a seat. Buy a seat. I've been informed by my son that I had it wrong. You know, it's 150 bucks. He said that's per seat, but you got to buy two. Do you get to choose what section the you seats can pick? Come from? If you pick the seat you want, it's mm-hmm. more than three. It's more than the 300. Then. Wow. If you don't, if you just do pot luck, then it's like two seats for three. What's with pot again? I don't know, you but we're going to get into luck. that. The second part is, the out of but pot the second questions. part yep. is the new park that will be built along the riverfront going mm-hmm. west. Yes, West River next to the Renaissance. And I got to tell you, that is going to be beautiful. The the final uh, winner, you know, in the four that showed, mm-hmm. uh, having an amphitheater and uh, the green space and everything, that was gorgeous. You know, we donated to that already. New Radio Media. We're going to plant petunias. In West Park. Petunia's in the park. Folks, this is where I whisper in the microphone. uh, I want all the staff to know that on a Saturday we're all going to be planting petunias in the park. He goes off. And then we're going to go tiptoe through the tulips. You don't even remember. Do any of you guys remember Tiny Tim? (laughs) They do, they do. They know Tiny Tim. On that side of the glass, they know Tip. See? Tiptoe to the tulips. I love my staff. Thanks, guys. You're terrific. On cue, we practiced that well. You guys did well. Just for that. Get another Coke from the refrigerator. There you go. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> with love these folks. Love these folks. All right. I know you love them. They they're all looking at their paychecks. So I've offered they another. They do this because they could work. I've with me offered all them. Right? I offered them another zero on the check at the front. At the front. At the front. I said I can put another zero on the front. Boy, I can't wait till this cop shows up and takes you out of here. I See, I even wait. got humor. I even I got humor on my over over I, my shoulder I on that one. I can't wait till that. Kelsey, so, Kelsey's thawing out in the other you room. You know, if you just joined us, yep. I'm Peter Perlman. This is Paul Benzman hey, across me. from me. Yeah. You know, listening to uh, you know, we're new radio media here at Talking Biz, Dot and com. for 30 seconds to go, you can find us, of course, on the 
Google and Android app stores, you know, go to the, well, that's Google and Android. That's one and the same. But go to the Apple guy, too. Um, I know they got a store there, too, I think. Yeah. And that what's really amazing, though, what's happening here today is this is a lighthearted show. Yeah. And uh, when we get to the 9 o'clock hour and be Kurt Lawson comes in. No, no, no. Kurt is... You will really enjoy Until his he runs my demeanor. License. He's not going to he, like it. He is wonderful um, and everything. Because is he bringing a dog in here? No, but we're going to talk about a foundation that is taking care of this community, whether it's been a fallen officer, challenges within the families. That's what we're going to be really talking about. I buy tickets for that at the lodge. So I know you do. So, you know, we're going to take a break here. And, again, everybody, we want to thank you for listening. Call us at 844 844- Nine 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 two four nine. Ask us a question. Share with us what you think uh, you'd like to hear from uh, uh, Officer Lawson, and uh, we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Andy. And I'm David. Join us for fun and adventure on our new show, Podquesters, where we fight through imaginary battles and pray to the dice gods for good rolls. Yes, it's an epic sleuthing adventure. We try to fulfill our destinies without driving the Dungeon Master crazy. I thought that was the point. Anyways, check us out here on NewRadioMedia.com, Fridays, Podcasters. See you there. The latest LiftMaster garage door openers and the toughest retractable screens on the market. All by the push of a button. Tarno Doors is celebrating its 50th year anniversary and is the recipient of the 2016 Subcontractor of the Year from the Home Builders Association. Tarno knows doors. Tarno knows doors. Surfing the internet can be good for your brain, especially if you're getting up there in years. UCLA scientists say that the internet searching helps to stimulate your brain function by triggering centers in your brain that control decision-making and complex reasoning. In a study to be published in the American Journal of Geriatric Psychiatry, the researchers say that using the internet to seek out new information might stimulate the brain enough to sustain brain health and your cognitive ability. Before the computer age, the one activity that was linked to an active mind was solving crossword puzzles. The fact that even simple tasks like searching the internet might enhance your brain circuitry suggests that our brains are really sensitive to mental exercise and actually continue to learn as we grow older. So using an internet search engine such as Google produces the same brain activities as reading, but it also increases activity in areas of your brain that control decision making and complex reasoning. With another prescription for your health, I'm Dr. Jim Bragman. You're back here at Talking Biz on NewRadioMedia.com. Paul Benz with my guest host, not my guest host, what? my partner. You I'm haven't about seen guests. me so long. You go all Wait over the world, minute. my partner and good Excuse friend, me. Peter Prohm. Uh, Peter, how you doing? I'm looking at my business card. It says, Chairman, New Radio Media. So yeah. I'm a guest? You're, you're the chairman of the board. I'm a Are guest? You no, you're my partner in crime. Yes, I am. What? And but talking about crime? We, yes. There's, there's a cop on the other side. Yes, there is. We have Holy a police cow. officer. No, we have wait a, a second. Wait a second. What I, does I, CAP I, stand for? You know what? Go tell I'll me, ask. Tell we'll me. get that the trivia question. But you know what's funny? Because there's a Detroit. When Kurt Lawson car. comes in, we will ask him what does CAP stand for. And did you see that there was a, an officer in another city put Popo on the side of the car? <laughs> did you see that? Popo. We'll talk. We're, we're gonna. We're this gonna will be good for. Is, this is will be Kurt, good for is Kurt. Kurt. Is he uniformed or is he in play? Non-uniformed today. Oh, good. We can joke with. We can joke with. I can't joke with a guy in uniform. 
Thank God you didn't know me when I was in the Air Force. I've got to respect the uniform. Seriously, I want to talk before he comes in, and we'll talk when he's in. All right, so we can we go My hat's off to anyone in uniform. Well, we will. We'll get into the uniform. So now— Especially the milkman in the white uniform. (laughs) And that's how the baby was born, ladies and gentlemen. How did you know my my mother and the milkman? The milkman was a redhead, and my brother's a redhead. I am looking— At me. Hi. I am looking at (laughs) six very unique buildings in the downtown area. How, wait a second. Let me ask you a question. How do I segue so you're, quickly? No, no. You're in a you're in a you're in a studio. Yes. And how do you see six buildings in this studio? I know. I'm a I'm a visionary. I can see beyond the base. You can see right through me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was an easy one. Oh, that I, was, I, oh. I fell right into oh, that one. Did I? That was so easy to deal with. Buddy. Oh gosh, oh, I, 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 I took the bait. Keep those cards and letters coming I for Paul. Took the bait. Don't those worry. are sympathy cards, yeah. right? Oh gosh, yes. Okay, so we're looking at six beautiful buildings on a nineteen twenty-two cast. Nineteen twenty-two cast, beautiful Be- building. Uh, I cleaned the floors one, there one year. One 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 Henry Street. And if Sam Denha, Sam, are you listening? Yep. I know you had your shop right around the corner from there. Sam, good man. Yeah. Twenty-seven fifteen Woodward Avenue. Yep. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. But but Sam loves it so much. We're going to go to one twenty Henry. Yes. Because they're doing these two buildings that are so sharp. Mm-hmm. And we talked a little bit about this last week at Adamson Park, two one one zero Park Avenue, and then uh, two two yeah two one one zero Park Avenue. And then 2210 Park Avenue. So Park Avenue, when you go down Adams and you make a right to go north, mm-hmm. right there, mm-hmm. that whole corridor, that, that two places. And I joked with somebody the other day. They said, you know, that's where Continental Trailway bus depot used to be. And they said, oh, you are old. <laughs> you are so old. <laughs> Look at you. You have no idea what I'm doing. No wonder our staff's <laughs> falling asleep. Okay. Old stuff. Okay. All right, so ahead. now that yeah. equals $200 million. That's what I want to get to. The A lot project. of money, yes. $200 million. The illiches. Well. Pizza money. It's not just you the You know illiches. the $5 pizza went up to it's... $5.99? They got to pay for their buildings. No, the $5.99 pizza, Paul, yeah. is the extra pepperoni and the extra cheese. Yeah, because I got that last night. So let me ask a question. That's my standard how much Friday is, night. How much is good crust? Good crust versus what? No crust? Well, no. Little Caesar's crust. Good crust. I don't put anything in the crust. No, but it's like, you know, it's it's like cardboard sometimes. No. You like that Where stuff? do you shop? What? No, you go in and you ask for a fresh pizza. You go, I, I you go, go to in, Farmington I and go, Maple, I, I go, and I see a man, then I said, I'd like a fresh pie. Two minutes to midnight, I walk in. Well, of course, they're, they're, closing they're sweeping up. the floor. They're closing up, and I get the last pizza that's cardboard. Because well, you're looking for the discount. No, no, I just got leaving the bar. Yuck. Okay, I'm driving down Maple Road Bloody with 14 Mary drink, 14 Bloody drinks Mary in my Paul, no, I don't folks. do that. I don't want to talk like that. There's Bloody a cop Mary on the other Paul. side of the wall. I can't talk All right, like so that. let me go back to my piece. Your piece. You carrying a piece? Six beautiful. <laughs> go ahead. Six. <laughs> Six beautiful buildings that are going to be either rehabilitated from scratch, all of this. Yeah. And it's not just Dan Gilbert. No, it's a lot of people. And, of and that's what I want the listeners to understand. You got it's Roxbury, not. you got your group, you got that group. There's a lot of people doing it downtown. And it is magnificent. Fantastic. Unbelievable. Now, here's the headache of the day. And you brought this up before. The more I build downtown, which I want, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um how much am I pulling out of my Royal Oaks, my Birmingham's, my Ferndale's, my Hazel Parks, my Downriver Allen Parks, Lincoln Park, 
And the your points. Birmingham's too. Well, I said Birmingham already. Yeah. How much am I extracting to get there? Or in your mind, am I bringing in 60% from outside of the greater Quad County? So there, there is a little fall off, but here's what happens. Um, when restaurants are new, everyone wants to try them. And Detroit happens to be opening more new restaurants than anywhere else, so people want to try them. Eventually, it recycles back, but it hurts the suburbs in many ways at the beginning. And what's happening is, back to the, it's the whole picture, Peter. It's mass transit. It's living in downtown areas because the number of people living in downtown areas has been growing steadily over the last decade or two because of cost of living. So people are living in downtown. So your Ferndale's became popular. Right. Your Royal Oak became popular. Your Birmingham is popular. So those pockets have those, and a lot of people, a lot of people stay local, and as they stay local, but there is a there is a fallout of that. Now here's the issue: everything adjusts eventually. So you have all these restaurants in Detroit. I think the number was 170, 180 over the last few years opened up. A lot of those restaurants on weeknights, I you bet. can shoot a cannon right there. Unless there's a convention. Right. And so what happens is you're going to see fallout of those restaurants. What percentage do you believe will be a fallout? I'm going to say it's huge. I'm going to say it's going to be in the 50% to 40% range. Maybe Would it higher. be? All right, so stay with me for one okay. second yeah. real quickly. Is that my mid-range price or my high-range price? All of them. Oh, you're going top to bottom. Oh, yeah, because here's what happens. You have the adjustment. Now, as population increases in downtowns and midtown, you need a steady population. Royal Oak, you have people live in Royal Oak. Ferndale, you have people live in Ferndale. Birmingham, you live in Ferndale. So they still will eat and shop in their areas. But in midtown and downtown, the fallout's going to be big. I mean, I'm with a group right now. We're watching restaurants to go under that we can buy them 20, 30 cents on a dollar because we can open them up and be more economical and we can make money. So there's going to be that. That's like the economy. A lot of money's made in a down economy. So the fallout of these restaurants is going to happen. Well, I'm glad you brought up economy because probably in the very last segment, we're going to talk about unemployment. Uh, you know, unemployment yep. comes yep. down, but income did not go up. Well, so we're going, to, we're going to play with that. But um, with the short time that we have left, that first hour's kind of flown by. I don't zip know where by. zip by. Yep. And uh, I know that uh, Herb Lawson, uh, Herb Lawson, whoa, Herb Lawson, Herb Lawson boy, passed we, we, dealt, we dealt with building, and yeah, here we are. Herb was a good but man. Kurt Lawson, yeah, is uh, waiting Popo. in the wings. Popo, po- he's waiting. Popo. Okay. He is waiting in the wings. All right. So as we get him organized and set here in the studio for the second half of this wonderful show of Talking Biz New Radio Media, we'll be back. low-budget movie version. 60s TV version. Early 2000s high school pseudo-adaption that eventually grows into the geek we all know and love version, yeah? I'm getting paid a lot of money to be here, so listen up. Watch the Geektainment channel on NewRadioMedia.com. It's geek-approved. It's all about you, and that's the way we like it. Where you're going. What you do to stay fit. What you're eating. What you're thinking. And how you're feeling. Join the conversation at NewRadioMedia.com's Lifestyles channel. Stream what you want to live.
you guys, it's Raphael of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Guess what? The only thing we can get down here in the sewer is Geektainment Weekly on new radio media. Turtle power! At Murray's Park City, we're known for offering customer service you won't get in any chain store or online. But don't take it from me, just listen to what our customers have to say. The employees at Murray's are knowledgeable, courteous. They make you feel like you're at home. Pick up a can of Seafoam Fuel System Treatment for only $6.99 or a 5-quart container of Mobile One Motor Oil for just $28.95. Murray's Park City and Pontiac Trail at Maple Road in Walled Lake. We've got the parts you need when you need them. Well, it's the second half of the show, Paul. I don't know where the time is flying. Flying by, flying by. And we got a special guest in the studio today. You know, uh, Kurt Lawson is from the West Bloomfield Police Department. He is the deputy chief, and he makes us feel so short. <laughs> you know, how tall are you? I'm actually six. Oh, I'm six three now, but I was <laughs> six four. So I've already started that process of shrinking. I think as I've gotten older. We have you're, a, you're shrinking <laughs> a little bit. A little whoa, bit. Whoa, oh, whoa, we have whoa. a shot. Oh, look at. Wait a second. This is he gets a, a glass of water. Wait a second. This you're getting first class. <laughs> this is good customer service. This is what I try to tell my officers all the time. It's all about customer service, and there well, you have it. You so got it. it. My thing is that just you didn't run my license, so just enjoy and do that. It's fine. <laughs> so, if you've just joined us at New Radio Media. Um, Kurt is the deputy chief of West Bloomfield Police Department, and um, we're going to go back in history, though. Sure. We're going to get to where we're going to be. I got you in the studio for an hour. I'm locking you up. Nice term, lock up. Um, first of all, I gave Paul a trivia question. Cop. What does cop really mean? Oh, so you're, you're hitting me with the difficult questions easy or early. So, well, the, cop actually the true means cop. two different things, right? Okay. So the, the old days. Back in the day. Maybe back in even the London days where uh, law enforcement law enforcement got its start was the badges were made of copper, so they would call the officers coppers. But it also means constable on patrol, right. so it can be one of the two things. Oh, very good. So and got, wait, this, wait, see, so you answered the quiz. We had the well, question. Wait, and in yeah. this community, okay, and it wasn't West Bloomfield, but the city of Berkeley had a cop, a constable on patrol named Roy West for years. For people that didn't know all that, but I just thought I'd give you that little piece. All right, and the second part of cop, how else did cop, how did the word copper, you know, we use copper by badge, but later on, cop became um, a term that was not a positive term. Well, there's a negative connotation to it. I don't know the history. Of, it sounds like you know the history yeah, more than right. me on, on this, but uh, I thought I was impressed with the, my first answer. I, I, I would have left, <laughs> left it there. He's going to stand you. Right, stay. Right, he's he's right. going to show you. So, all right, so matter of fact, you know what? So, so give him yours now. Have a car follow him all week. If he does anything <laughs> I, wrong, I can make that happen. Pull him over. Really, I'll be the I nice know, guy here. I know talk to my own officers and, and officers out in other communities that they don't take offense to the word cop. So if it was ever used in a, in a way that was uh, offensive towards us, we don't right. take it that way anymore. How about the, the police car that has Popo on it? Did you see that? I did see that. What is your thoughts of Popo? Popo. I don't think that would go out in West Bloomfield. No, no. Popo. would not be happening in West Bloomfield. <laughs> I'm getting pulled over from the Popo. Got to tell you, you didn't know this was going to be lined up like this. But Comedy just, hour. Just don't for worry everybody about that's listening to New Radio Media Talking Biz, um, how many officers today make up the West Bloomfield Police Department? So actually right now we have 82. And uh, I just looked back in time just the other day, and uh, back in the early 1960s we had 13 officers. So you can see that we've really grown over time as our community is, has grown. So we've grown right along with the side. 
82. That's a lot 82. of police officers. But hats off to you guys. You guys do a great job in West Bloomfield. Thank you very much. No one pulled me over in the last 10 years. It's great. But anyways, Peter, you got some more questions. Well, I got a lot of questions. Yeah. Okay, talk. But, you know, when you were growing up, and I said we talk about this, when you were like in high school, right? what did you want to really do? I think a lot of kids don't know what they want to do when they're that age. And, and I always had an idea that I wanted to get involved in law enforcement. Uh, I was always intrigued by the FBI. I liked how they carried themselves. I was uh, impressed by how they dressed. Uh, very, very professional. So that's where I wanted to go as a career and, uh, you know, try to figure out how do, you, how do you reach that level. And it's, you know, first is education. And I went and got my education, got my bachelor's degree. And then I went and I wanted to get some experience. And that's, uh, you know, getting into your foot into the door of law enforcement. So um, graduated from college and I came back to a community that I grew up in here in West Bloomfield uh, and became a police cadet. Uh, was offered a job at both West Bloomfield and Troy and decided after being here already eight months as a police cadet that I was going to stay right here in West Bloomfield for a few years, get my experience and then move on to the FBI. And so what happened? Well, that didn't happen. <laughs> it did not happen. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. It certainly could have happened. Um, I was with West Bloomfield as a police officer for three years, and I just basically, after three years, and time flies so quick, fell in love with the community, fell in love with the police department and the people that I worked with, and I kind of did a deep dive and, and looked at uh, where I was at and where I wanted to go and uh, decided that there were so many opportunities right here in West Bloomfield within our police department that I was going to stay right in West Bloomfield and... You know, 23, late, 23 years later, I'm still here. I think you got a career there. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think they'll keep you. So you've moved up in the department, and during that course of time, you've seen a dramatic change in the training of officers. Can you kind of walk us through it a little bit? Well, certainly. We've always been fortunate in West Bloomfield that we've had the tax base and uh, managers that have recognized the importance of training. So we've used uh, the money that was given to us by township officials uh, we've used that wisely, and I think a, a wise investment is to put it into training so you have uh, a very well-trained law enforcement force that, you know, we're not going to be out there. We're not going to be uh, picking on minorities or using excessive force. Uh, we, we, we bring in very intelligent, well-educated, well-trained officers, and we just don't have those problems here in West Bloomfield. So the way the department is made today, what's the mix of the department? What's the makeup between male, female, ethnic groups? So when I came on on the police department back in 1994, I, I believe we had uh, two women as officers, uh, and them. we're right around nine or ten right now, which is above the national average. Uh, we have officers of all different cultures and ethnicities, uh, from Russian to Asian uh, to Chaldean, uh, Jewish. So we try to bring officers on board that represent those within our community. Uh, we physically go out to universities and uh, all over the state of Michigan trying to recruit to bring people in. And I think it's, you know, it's important that you bring in the best people, and, and that's what we've done. So, you know, we have a Sonic restaurant, you know, off of uh, Haggerty Road and Pontiac Trail, but there's another Sonic out there. There is. <laughs> tell me about the other Sonic, because if I just say, tell me about Sonic, then I would, I would see two dudes in a car talking about milkshakes and hot dogs. Well, it's, it's interesting. Uh, there's a few people, uh, quite a few people that know exactly what Sonic is because they've been arrested by Sonic. Sonic is, uh, stands for Southern Oakland Narcotics Intelligence Consortium. He's been waiting for this part. Yes. That's why I want And uh, they used to be based out of Farmington Hills, and I used to work for them down under uh, Chief Bill Dwyer down in Farmington Hills. I was an uh, undercover detective for three years, and then I actually went back down there and supervised that unit for, for quite a while. 
now we've brought them to West Bloomfield, and it's a collaboration between West Bloomfield, Farmington Hills, Novi, and the Sheriff's Department. Uh, ma mainly, they're a major crime unit. Uh, they actively surveil individuals that are doing major crimes uh, that affect those communities. And uh, they have seen an immense amount of success over the years, uh, some very high-profile cases. So if something happens in West Bloomfield, uh, you may come here and commit a crime, or in Farmington Hills or in Novi, uh, we're going to be going to look for you no matter where you are, and we're going to send this team looking for you. So they do a great job. So with the team, um, that brings me to the second part because I had one of these at one time. How many narcotic dogs are in Sonic? So uh, we have, uh, ac that team has access to the Novi, Farmington Hills, and West Bloomfield narcotics dogs, as well as, you know, the Sheriff's Department, which I believe has five, five. or six narcotics dogs. So uh, there's a lot of options for them <laughs> as far there, as canines. Now, when you get with Oakland County, are there helicopters and anything else involved? And we have in the past uh, even done surveillances when I was on the team down in the city of Chicago where we brought in uh, DEA helicopter, FBI helicopter, uh, planes, things like that. So we have a lot of uh, great partnerships with our federal federal partners, uh, state partners, and uh, we can use all those assets to get the job done. You know, you're thinking West Bloomfield, a high-end community and all this stuff, and people don't think of crime. You know, or, or, you know, but the people with the money that are involved in crime. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Home. Don't you read the Beacon Blotter? I do, I do. The but, Beacon you know, Blotter. I mean, that little in piece in the bottom. you got to read the, the police blotter. <laughs> All right, so anyways, you know, talk about crime seriously back in, in West Bloomfield stuff. I mean, how many major crimes are in a city like West Bloomfield? I know they keep it low-key and, and sure. they don't want to publicize it, but, you know, sure. how many crimes and major crimes are there in a well, city like we're, we're certainly one of the safest communities in Michigan. There's okay. no question about that. But crime can happen anywhere. Major crime can happen anywhere. Mm -hmm. And we have these assets in place and we have these partnerships in place so that when crimes of this nature happen, whether it's robberies or home invasions, uh, we have the assets to go and deal with these issues very quickly. And we have a track record that shows that uh, we have solved these issues very quickly. I know in the last two years we've had uh, some individuals that came into West Bloomfield they tied up a family they robbed them we had them in custody within about 15 hours uh, we've just spent uh, a great deal of time uh, tracking an Albanian home invasion crew uh, which resulted in 52 di or th sorry 32 different felonies against these individuals so we have a lot of assets uh, and a lot of capabilities for individuals that want to come into our community and, and cause problems. A friend of mine was a victim in Brighton. He was one of the homes and, and the group, and, and they were using tracking devices on his car. And uh, his and his wife, they put tracking devices, and they knew when they left the house. And they got their house, and that was part of that group. Yeah, they were very sophisticated. This is what they were doing for uh, years. Every single day they were following people, and, and unfortunately they were doing home invasions. And uh, it's just good to get them off the street. Yeah, storage units, of, storage units of stuff. They were stealing Rolexes Correct. and cash and hit a lot of restaurant people that had cash businesses. It's, it was a great story, and I'm glad you guys caught them because, like I said, they got Rolexes for my friends, and I think they're recovering some of it. But I was so, it was so sophisticated that you know, he said his, they, they knew when his wife left. So when the police came to the restaurant, they found the two tracking devices on their cars. I mean, hats off to you guys and, and the group well, that got Well, thank you. I don't think things like that would necessarily be – able to be accomplished years ago we have this new way of doing law enforcement where we're partners with our communities yeah. we work side by side with our communities so we had a lot of communication with farmington Hills and novi and other jurisdictions and then when sonic who did the surveillance uh were able to take these guys down then our detectives were working side by side with detect uh with sonic to uh 
to present this to the prosecutor's office and did an absolutely great job. No, it's amazing because I, I, like I said, a good friend of mine, one of my best buddies, was a victim, and his wife was shook up, and I was very upset for her. But when it came down and he told me the magnitude of it, right, it was really amazing. So really, hats off again to you guys and, and have it. And I, you're still going through this stuff? I mean, there was so much stuff that— Well, that, we are, and the reason our detective division took this on was that we have invested over the last couple of years so much money and technology— uh, in training for our detectives, that they can go into their uh, electronic devices that these suspects had and to be able to pull out all of that data from their cell phones and their and their uh, computers to be able to find out what they've been up to the last couple of years. And they've been able to put all of this together for a great package for the prosecutor's office. High-tech crime. So, you know, the department goes through a lot of changes over the years, and I've watched it for a number of years, going back to Cronin and, and everything, but politics and law enforcement are not supposed to shall we say, be headloggers. Right. How are things happening in the department today? Um, there was a change when Chief Patton came in, and that was the politics, you know, being held in the township, uh, shall we say, community room. And um, people in the community don't even understand how revenue comes to the department. So politics can play an ugly part. Politics can play a very positive part. Where do you see it today? Well, as far as West Bloomfield is concerned, we have a great relationship with all of our trustees and a township supervisor that certainly supports us. And, and that helps us uh, with revenue. It helps us, uh, you know, if we go through a difficult time, uh, they're there to help us out. And uh, so we have a great relationship. Uh, I know that Chief Pat and I, uh, we, we go out of our way to have lunches with the trustees and to talk to them about what's going on in the police department, what our vision is, uh, where we want to go in the future. So they're uh, lockstep with us on where we want to go to. Now, that's not the case in all communities, I can assure you. <laughs> no, no. Fact, I was the campaign manager for Debbie Binder. Okay. So I got Debbie, yes. and I know how close she is with Pat, and, all, and she really gets out there. And really, I think you have a great, great, great city hall now. I think there's less fighting than ever, right. and I think the trustees are all working together. They are, and I can see tell you from an employee standpoint, when I talk to other employees, everyone just is relieved with who we have in place now because uh, they're very supportive of their employees. And uh, like you said, Debbie Binder does a great job in supporting us, and we appreciate it. Yeah, she's at the, at the, the Panera every Friday morning with everyone coming She's holding there. court. She's she holding is. court. She's so holding let me ask court. you something here because there's something that bothers me personally. I believe we don't pay police officers enough, firemen enough, and teachers enough. And so let's throw some questions at you. What is the sure. starting pay in West Bloomfield for a police officer? So the starting pay in West Bloomfield, we just settled a four-year contract, and the officers over that uh, four years are going to get a 10% pay raise. Um, I, I don't know what they start at right now off the top of my head. I believe it's it's in the 50s, but their top pay goes is after this four years is going to be 77000 Thank you. Yeah. I, 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 it, it's bothered me for years. I'm glad to hear those numbers because you protect us. Yes. Okay, it's like the military. We're here. We have our freedom because of that. So hats off to you guys. I, well, I'm happy and, to and see he was say, really hoping no, you were no, coming in uniform no, 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 because no. he loves. No, no, he I, respects the uniform. No, I Up do. until that point, when the officer walks to his car and says license and registration. No, 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 no. Let me say something. Let me say something. <laughs> I was pulled over by a state police officer earlier in the year, and I had a rental car, so I had no fast. I was going. I was so polite to her. She didn't know how to. She knew how to handle it, but I said thank you for doing your job. And she reduced the ticket. I did deserve a ticket. I got it for five over. But I said, honestly, this is a rental car. I have no clue. But she was so polite and professional the way it handled it. And I was I was happy to see that. You know, that if I'm breaking a law, yeah, pull me over. But I'm happy to hear those wages. I didn't think they were that high. So 
West Bloomfield is one of the higher paid agencies. Yeah. We've got great benefits. Um, the officers realize that. They know that. They appreciate it. All of our money, all of our salary that we pay our officers is from our tax base. Mm -hmm. and, and they fully understand that, and I remind our officers of that daily. Uh, so they are taken care of, and in return, we expect a certain level of customer service, professionalism, and uh, partnership with our community. And no, that's really our brand in the last couple of years. It's something that uh, you know myself and some other guys came up with is we need a brand for West Bloomfield Police. And, and that's what we live in and breathe every day is that customer service, professionalism, and partnership with the community. And, and you're doing a great job. It is. Well, you're thank really you. doing a great job. So here's job. my humor for the day. And I can remember what, this what happened earlier in the day. That well, was no, no, it not. wasn't. But I can remember getting into a scout car with my weapon and all that at one time way back when. But the funny part is, there's so much stuff on the belt today, with the vest and everything else. How do some of these guys even fit in the cars? Because back then, you know, there was a bench. It wasn't even a console, and you had a Motorola piece right there in front of you. And then we gave him a console. Then we gave the, the part that ate up the car later on, and especially like West Bloomfield, was night vision. When they first put the night vision right. in there, there was no way anybody could fit, and you couldn't put anybody on the passenger side. So in today's car, which we buy for $35,000, then we add $70,000 of electronics to the car. People don't realize that. that we're, we're, we're actually driving, A, a $100,000 vehicle today, and B, how much is really on the officer today? between cams and everything else to fit into that compartment. Well, it is all about technology, and there's a lot of technology that is uh, fit into that vehicle, like you said. And we had a fleet of uh, Dodge Chargers, and, and we still have, have our fleet as Dodge Chargers. Great vehicle. We love it. But some of our taller officers, <laughs> like myself, uh, can't fit in there. So we went to the Ford Explorer. So we, gave, we wanted to give our officers some options. But, yes, when you put the computer in there and all the cameras and all the other equipment that they have to take with them, it's a, definitely a tight fit. And those belts uh, are very heavy. So we're actually looking at going to more of a vest configuration and try to spread that weight around the officer's body so it's not all in the hips causing a great deal of pain on the, on the lower back. We got to take a break because we got to pay for this show. Absolutely. <laughs> so you stay on for the next segment. Oh, he's not going, going anywhere. anywhere. Lock him up. Lock him up. up. He's stuck here. He's not I want to welcome everyone. You're listening to Talking Biz on NewRadioMedia.com. We're going to take a break. We'll see you in about, let's say, two minutes. Want to stay informed, entertained, and enlightened? Get connected and stay connected today to New Radio Media. The New Radio Media app is now available for download in the Apple and Google Play Store. Just search for NRM Streams for unlimited access to archived, live, new, exciting, and unique content. Welcome to Geektainment Weekly. All for free. Do it now. Stay connected. And action. And millions of ducks. 
Cool guys, go to newradiomedia.com. The Arts and Entertainment Channel on New Radio Media. Dot com. What's going on in your neighborhood? They say it takes a village. It's the simple things. The things that are a testament to the old. And the things that are a testament to the new. Know what's going on in your community. Check out our community channel on newradiomedia.com. It's all about you, and that's the way we like it. Where you're going. What you do to stay fit. What you're eating. What you're thinking. And how you're feeling. Join the conversation at NewRadioMedia.com's Lifestyles channel. Stream the life you want to live. And I hear our theme back. It's so good to hear the theme. You know, here at New Radio Media Talking Biz, you know, we're in the studio uh, with Kurt Lawson. He is the Deputy Chief of the West Bloomfield Police Department. And, you know, for the first 20 minutes or so, we've been talking about the department and changes from, uh, you know, how we started back in the 60s, only having like 12 guys in the department moving up. You know, hearing that, we, we're better than the average uh, nationally on women in the department. We're a multi a faceted uh, department with ethnic groups from all walks of life, which I think is fantastic. But you got an interesting role, deputy chief. Now, does that mean, like, I have a deputy here. They bring me coffee. Are you the <laughs> coffee runner for Mike Patton, chief? I am not. Fortunately, I am not. But uh, to his credit, um, he has given me a lot of latitude on, on my job and, and what I wanted to make that job. Now, certainly I'm there to assist him and, and do what he wants, but uh, he wanted me to make it my own. And what I did was, my, my number one thing that I'm responsible for is the day-to-day -day operation of the police department. So I oversee all three divisions, our investigations, our administration, and our patrol. So you're the officer of the day. Well, I am the officer of the day, but I have a great support staff of lieutenants and sergeants that do most of the work. Uh, so what are my other roles? Uh, I'm PIO, which is a public information officer, so I deal with all the media. And uh, whether That's we have why he's a, with an incident or a, a crime that occurs in West Bloomfield, it gets a lot of media attention. And I, and I talk to the media and I explain to them what's going on. And I also do a lot of work through the media on promoting how great I think our department is. And then the third thing that I do, which is my most favorite aspect of my job as deputy chief, is I do a lot of community outreach. So I'm involved with a lot of nonprofit groups uh, right here in West Bloomfield and the surrounding area that, that I feel is uh, very important for our community. You know, so you, you talk about the community and the nonprofits, but you have a nonprofit inside the building over there. We do. Uh, very specialized. Walk us through how it came to be and where it is today. Sure. So in the early 1990s, uh, Chief Ronald Cronin that you mentioned yes. earlier, uh, he wanted to start a foundation where we could uh, collect money, put in a bank account in, in case something bad happened to one of our officers. Uh, so we started, uh, we started that group up. It started very slowly. I wasn't a part of it at that time. Um, they did raise money, 
Uh, and as time went, it built up enough so that in 2012, when we had the unfortunate death of Sergeant O'Rourke, uh, we were able to give some of that money to the family to make sure that her and her children were taken care of. Uh, that incident certainly opened a lot of eyes within our department. Uh, we restructured the police foundation. Uh, I became a part of it at that time. And uh, we went out into the community and we talked to people like Peter Carmanos and Alone Kaufman and uh, Joel Jacob. And they all decided they wanted to partner with us. And the Police Foundation really has become uh, uh, very large and important within our community. And we've been able to do more than just work inside of the West Bloomfield Police Department and help our own. Now we go out into the community and we help others in need. And uh, we've been very effective at that. So one of the families within the program... Um, Somebody had heart surgery. How did you even hear about that? Well, we, we, we look, we hear, we have a lot of uh, contacts in the community. Uh, I could tell you one instance. Uh, we heard from a school teacher in one of the schools that a child was being bullied because the child did not have up-to-date clothing, like not cool clothing, just clothing that didn't fit him, that it was maybe somewhat dirty. And we were able to make contact with that family and buy that child a whole new wardrobe and then also help out the family as well. Uh, so we do that, that outreach is so important. And, uh, you know, that family will never look at law enforcement the same after that. You know, I want to talk to you about that because you have to get that word out and you're the communication guy. We'll have to talk about you maybe coming in once a month and doing a show for the community and sure. just so people can get this out and to understand what's going on because that's the first time I heard that story and that's a beautiful story. And I think to help you raise money for the foundation, let's talk down the road because that's a great thing. I'm here for you. No, no, it. we Thank like you. that. Well, I like that. And I, think I appreciate that, your support. Well, well, part of the deal is when we built new radio media, and we'll give you a little education here, is that we want the community to put develop who we are. So we're really developed by the community. So we have a community channel. And we want people to come to a place and go on demand and say, hey, here's what you can listen to. So it gives you a place to put information that you can spread to other people. So Sounds that's like a, a great idea. Big, I'd love to be a part of it. Big part of, of new radio media is developed about community. So that's the first time I heard that story. Um, I had another nonprofit the other day. I gave them a show. It's because we have to reach out to the community. Absolutely. And and uh, hats off to you guys. I, two things I found out: you're paid well, which I'm happy to hear. <laughs> well, it's and, increasing. And two, it's inc increasing. Well, it's increasing, but but also the community outreach. So I'll have to come to the lodge more, give more money, and do that. But we want to help you guys. Well, and, I appreciate and, it. And so many community things. Like last week, Debbie called in when you had two weeks ago the recycling thing. Yes. Seventeen hundred cars. It's amazing, isn't it? it? It's 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 amazing, and and it's it's a great thing. So you know, when you first said you're having a mod, I said we got a business show, and this is what it is. But I'm glad you're here. I can tell you another story. I mean, yeah, yeah, give us one more. The police too. Foundation. We, well, I got more here. Don't okay, worry. Go we work with Mojo in the morning. Yeah, uh, yeah, right. yeah. He's a great partner with us. Great yeah. friend lives lives in the community. Yeah, and we help him with the breaking and entering Christmas, so we can go out and help families in need. Wait a second, Christmas. he breaks in for Christmas. Does he? Well, he brings law enforcement with him, and we break in. And oh, you, so you know, break we, in with him? We do. We knock wait, on the door. Oh, but, wait uh, a sec. Okay. We give presents to families that are in need and, and, and help people out. Uh, another thing that happened, unfortunately, in West Bloomfield is we had a murder last year. Uh, uh, Mrs. Pesserol, or her daughter, was murdered. And uh, we, we were able to reach out to her and uh, provide financial support, uh, do a fundraiser, and help her with her needs. And then uh, we also got the idea of, like, we need to show women how they can protect themselves. So we've set up self-defense uh, uh, seminars for women within the community with Master Floyd Sue, who's a eighth-degree black belt. And... He does these amazing seminars for women uh, in the community. So 
that's all just some of the things that the Police Foundation does. I know that going back in time when um, B'nai B'rith, which is a big organization we, which you're familiar with, we supplied all of the Sheriff's Department scout cars with teddy bears, and we called them B'nai B'rith buddies, so that whenever there was an auto accident with a child, we knew immediately a bear had to come out and right. be given to the child just to bring that child's level down. And you've got photos there, too, and different ones. And, of course, like the Oakland County Sheriff's Department also had a benefit for the handicapped, a 600 on Cass Lake, which I was part of for a number of years um, running that program. So getting those that were physically or mentally challenged on the water for a day became a big thing. And West Bloomfield and other departments also, you know, participated accordingly. So as we look forward and as for volunteers – what do you see on the horizon as the first immediate need? Well, first of all, I'll go back to the statement you made about uh, the teddy bears. So one of the things the Police Foundation did, does very well, uh, will continue to do, is, is partner with the private entities, with businesses. So we, we partner with PetSmart, where they actually ask their customers to donate a dollar per purchase uh, so they can purchase teddy bears to give to the Police Foundation. And then we give them to our officers, and we push that out <laughs> to the community for kids and it's a great community tool relations tool and uh, it's been very effective as far as uh what do we need with a non-profit or with the police foundation we really do need volunteers because all of these nonprofits that that i think we're going to discuss today uh, the core group are volunteers they have full-time jobs and they just do this because they want to help people so let's turn let's turn to that uh core piece for a minute talking about the foundations What's coming up? So the West Bloomfield uh, Foundation is going to have a uh, an amazing event this fall. Uh, we're not going to talk about that first. I, th- I know we want to okay. talk about the food <laughs> truck rally. Okay, he no props the food. He's got an eye on me. I know. He's got to about food trucks. All right, we'll put that aside for uh, next hour. The West Bloomfield okay. Police Foundation, our biggest <laughs> event is at the Berman Center in the fall where we do comedy for a cause. All right. And uh, Peter Carmanos is a, a, a a big supporter of us, and he puts that on for us. And uh, we'd love our community to show support at the Berman Center. It's going to be in October, and and we'll get that up on our website and Facebook so people are aware. So of what it. better yet? Hold on a second, Peter. I'm gonna, let's oh, stay jump on that right, right now. In. Jump right in. Have us make a commercial for that, will you? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Make, are you making notes? I got it. You're the chairman. Trust make me. Notes. We'll be glad to make a 30 second spot runner for you guys. Love it. Thank so you very let's much. Let's do that. Make note. Okay. Got that down. Okay. Got that, gang. You hear that? So let's okay. let's continue on now that he. He, he's selling away my shows and my. <laughs> no, we are community, very con- community. Let, let me explain one thing real quickly: why New Radio Media came to be. Nationally, broadcasting changed to go. You know, we will send it out, and everybody gets the same feed. New Radio Media came on board for one thing: for each community to have a voice, to people to come in to share what's really happening locally. And we talk about downtown Detroit, and we'll talk about transit and everything. But this is the core of what brought us together to make it happen. So this is your time, really, to talk about why foundations within departments, et cetera, become so important to a community. Well, I also say that I've been working with Joel Jacob uh, from the Bottle Crew. That he, and we know Joel real well. Yes. Um, we are working on a national foundation. Uh, we're, we're starting to talk about it. We're, we're going to maybe roll that out in the next year or so where we're going to generate enough money where we can actually influence legislation at the state and federal level, level that's pro-law enforcement. 
Uh, so that's a very exciting thing on the horizon where we, we think that we can raise enough money where we can have a voice uh, for law enforcement throughout the country. That's fantastic. All right, so we got a minute, and then we're gonna we're gonna keep you here anyway. You're not leaving; the doors are locked. Are you so. okay for another second? Sure. Good. Are you okay. Hey, me? take off your shirt. Let's become a family member here. You know, we got a new co-host. That's all right. He, he'll be great. You know, he brings new. He brings, light. Some, he brings some height to the crew. Yes, he, oh, he definitely does height. that. Well, like now we can have, now we can have a basketball. I'm a five foot six guy. You're five eight. We got we got a center now. <laughs> In thirty seconds, for the viewers at New Radio Media talking biz for 30 seconds what is the most challenging piece you have to do in your job well i think in law enforcement in general right now it's dealing with uh, mental health issues in our communities and uh, there's so many individuals throughout this country that have mental health issues that are not being addressed whether it's they don't have the health care or the financial ability to deal with those issues uh, it's certainly a problem nationally when the two biggest uh, institutions to deal with mental health are both county jails. So on a national level, uh, we need to set politics aside and we need to deal with this issue because there's so many unfortunate uh, circumstances between law enforcement and these individuals that just don't end well. So I think that, we that's a big more about We're going to pick it up on later on. Yeah, let's do this. We've got to take a break. Sure. Uh, we want to discuss this because I know it's a big topic and we got to look at it, right? Break time? Break time. We're going to take a two-minute break. You're listening to Talking Biz on NewRadioMedia.com. We'll see you in about two minutes. Guys, wait up. Hold on. Daddy said hold on. You know, I was thinking, Bill, yeah. I'm ready for our show, and, and you're ready for mm -hmm. the show, but how do we let everyone know that we're ready for the show? Uh, slow motion rap video? At Murray's Park City, we're known for offering customer service you won't get in any chain store or online. But don't take it from me, just listen to what our customers have to say. The employees at Murray's are knowledgeable, courteous. They make you feel like you're at home. Pick up a can of Seafoam Fuel System Treatment for only $6.99 or a 5-quart container of Mobile One Motor Oil for just $28.95. Murray's Park City and Pontiac Trail at Maple Road in Wald Lake. We've got the parts you need when you need them. Want to stay informed, entertained, and enlightened? Get connected and stay connected today to New Radio Media. The New Radio Media app is now available for download in the Apple and Google Play Store. Just search for NRM Streams for unlimited access to archived, live, new, exciting, and unique content. Welcome to Geektainment Weekly. All for free. Do it now. Stay connected. And action. And millions of ducks. Two guys go to newradiomedia.com. The Arts and Entertainment Channel on New Radio Media. Dot. Come. 
<laughs> Welcome back to Talking Biz on NewRadioMedia.com on a sunny Saturday afternoon. It's a beautiful City. day. Hey, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood like Mr. Rogers. We got Kurt Lawson, Deputy Chief of the West Bloomfield Police Department. Welcome back. Great to be here. Hey, it's great to have you. You know, we, we talked about something that we went before break, and I want to talk to you about some big topics. But you brought on mental health. You brought up mental health. And, and I get upset there. I get upset about a lot of things. <laughs> but the amount of funding that's being decreased for mental health. And, and you look at a lot of issues, and you look at a lot of people, and you look at people ending up in jail because of mental health situations when they really don't belong there. Correct. And that's unfortunately where these individuals are going, as they're being lodged in these county jails or state facilities, uh, and they're getting basic treatment, but they're really not getting the treatment they, they need. Uh, so we need to establish some treatment centers, I think. We need to figure out how to fund that and get the help uh, that these people need. So would you say, let's throw some numbers around, and I don't know the numbers, I just came up with this, but you know, you've know, you got mental health. What percentage of crimes that really shouldn't be crimes because you put them on mental health issues, what would percentage of, of the overall crimes or situations involve mental health? Well, I certainly know that even in West Bloomfield, which is a very affluent community, that we have weekly, if not daily, contact with individuals with mental health issues. I think nationally, one in six people have some sort of uh, mental health issue. So... Uh, it's an important topic, a topic that needs to be addressed, and I, I, I hope that we do it soon. So we're talking about mental health and do that. And so, yes, I'm all about more funding in jail. The other big crisis is opiates. It know, is. And, and you look at that, and, you know, I, I have breakfast with a lot of people at, at Panera on Orchard Lake Road, and it hit the Chaldean community, a lot of people really close the last year or two. You are correct, and it doesn't matter what your age is, right. uh, ethnicity, uh, cultural background. Even in West Bloomfield, where you would not think that this would be an issue, it's been a significant issue. Uh, we've had 40 different incidents in the last probably year and a half of individuals that have overdosed on, on heroin or prescription drugs. So this is a national problem that certainly needs to be addressed. We're never going to be able to arrest our way out of this problem. And that kind of goes back uh, side by side with mental health, where we need to find treatment for these individuals um, we are starting a program or being involved in a program which is uh, uh, help not, I forget what it's called, hugs not handcuffs, I believe that's what it's called, or uh, treatment. It's basically where someone can feel safe enough to come into our lobby and ask for help and they're not going to be arrested because they're addicted to heroin or prescription drug or even if they have some basic uh, warrants out for their arrest, we're going to make sure that we get their treatment ahead of the, the criminal procedures. So we're talking about, we talked about mental health, we talk about drug addictions and all that. As you go in the police field, you know, years ago, you don't have to study about that stuff. The education process, is there updated education for the officers? How do they get educated on these problems? There is, because if you look nationally of how many incidents that don't end well with law enforcement and individuals with mental illness, uh, that definitely raises the uh, awareness if you're a, a decent, even a decent leader, a decent manager, that you have to give your officers the training that they need. So we established a crisis team uh, within our police department. It was a uh, relatively small group of officers that uh, got extensive training in how to deal with these individuals. And now we've expanded that. We're going to invest for the entire police department, all of our officers, men and women, throughout the throughout the department are going to receive this training. Yeah, because it's fearful. You pull over a car, you don't know who's in the car. You know what the license plate says, right. but you don't know if that person's on drugs or they have a mental illness, and you got to deal with it. Right, and we're also teaching our officers that it's okay at times to back down. You know, sometimes uh, 
I know in years past in law enforcement, we had this warrior mentality that, that we're warriors and that we're going to be these big, tough guys. But what we're teaching now is that, uh, you know, it's more of like a guardianship. We're there to help the community. We're there to problem solve for the community. And in certain circumstances, it's okay to de-escalate the situation, let things calm down and, and take a, a look at it before we, we push forward. I agree. Now, I one agree. of the nice things that the departments have done, too, is that a homeowner can bring in prescription drugs that are no longer in use, you know, for disposal so right. that people don't touch them or play <coughs> with them. Um, you, are, you, are we still running that at the department, like from 9 to 5 during the week? You know what? 24 hours a day. So we have okay. Operation Medicine Cabinet where we uh, partner with the Oakland County Sheriff's Department. People could bring in their prescription drugs. Uh, we will properly dispose of those drugs because what happens is, a lot of times kids will find prescription drugs in their parents or grandparents' medicine cabinet. They'll start to take those drugs, they will get addicted. And then they're gonna quickly find out that heroin is a much cheaper alternative than prescription drugs. And then they're gonna try heroin, which is gonna get them addicted very quickly. And as we know that there's things being put into heroin these days that uh, are very, you know, heroin itself is lethal, but when you add things like carfentanil, it's certainly uh -huh. lethal, and it's going to be very quick, and there's nothing that anyone can do about it as far as saving your life once you take a drug like that. Wow. So let's turn to a little bit more positive. Let's be more positive. positive. I tell you, you know, yeah. it's getting pretty tough in here for a few minutes. But the department has made a 360 change from when I came to the township in 68. And watching all of the... Roadbed changes now. You know, we, we got every road under construction in the township. And we took down a fire station right now for rehabilitation purposes to be rebuilt. Uh, do you see the West Bloomfield headquarters going through any future rehabilitation like everything else in the township? So, yes, the answer is yes. Okay, now we'll move on to the next <laughs> one. Okay. Well, that was an easy one. <laughs> So the, the building was built 25 years ago, right. and it really needed a facelift, and it needed to be kind of uh, looked at as far as was it meeting our needs. Uh, unfortunately, that, that time frame where that occurred was during the recession. So obviously we're not going to spend money on the facility when we're, you know, we're trying to keep our officers employed and on the street. So we worked our way through the recession. The economy is good. Our department uh, financially, we're in good shape. So we started to make those upgrades, and uh, we've really – uh, worked hard to include the officers' input on what we need to do. Uh, I sent uh, a couple of officers and myself down to Quicken Loans in Detroit. We wanted to look at their workspaces and how they collaborated and how they partnered and how they work as a team because it's so important uh, that our officers work in that team concept, and we've had a lot of success with that. So we're, we're reworking all of our workstations, and we've upgraded a lot of our technology, invested a whole lot of money in technology, uh, we've put a lot of money into our workout room for our young officers because uh, they want to be physically fit, and we want them to be physically fit and not have those back problems and, and issues that we see later on in uh, a lot of people's careers. Does Did that mean see, I can wait, get a mortgage wait, now at your office? Wait, wait, no. I have to tell you, being at the sheriff's office, when we would go downstairs yeah. and you go to the training room downstairs, it was always hysterical. There was a huge poster, and you may be familiar with it. It says, keep up with the competition, and it's the prisoners doing weightlifting. Mm. So, let's go to the foundations. Okay. You've got a couple of foundations going on within the department. Right. And you got a big project coming. you got a big program. I wouldn't even call it a project, but a big pro well, program coming up at Orchard Mall. What do we got? Ha what's actually really happening in these foundations? Now? So, You've given foundation number one. 
so we have the West Bloomfield Police Foundation, which is in-house right. within our police department. But then there's also a lot of community foundations, nonprofits uh, that I have uh, some interest in and I, I work with, and uh, they do a great job for the community. And, and one of those is West Bloomfield Youth Assistance. Okay, so the West Bloomfield Youth Assistance, just by its name alone, it's telling us what you're going to try to do. Right. Walk us through for just a few minutes before we get to the event, what was its original purpose? So it was established by a probate court judge named uh, Judge Moore uh, back in 1957. And his idea was that he wanted to establish uh, a safety net for families and kids throughout the Oakland County communities. So uh, youth, youth assistance was established in a whole lot of different cities uh, throughout Oakland County. It was funded through the probate court. And it's also funded through the school districts and towns and cities uh, that they serve. So West Bloomfield Youth Assistance is funded by West Bloomfield Probate, or I'm sorry, Probate Court, West Bloomfield Township, and West Bloomfield School District. And uh, the main purpose, our number one purpose, is that we have a caseworker that works out of the West Bloomfield High School, and she's able to help these students that kind of veer off course a little bit. So instead of having them enter the criminal justice system, which we don't want them to do, uh, she mentors them, she gives them uh, counseling, uh, she keeps an eye on them to put them back on course so, you know, there's no contact with the police department. All right, so no contact with the police department other than as a friendship and a bond, yep. um, which then brings us to the Orchard Mall. Right. First of all, the Orchard Mall needs a little life, and you're going to bring more than a little life to the mall. What are you bringing? So I've had a long relationship with Kelly Woodley. She's uh, one of the people that manage the Orchard Mall. Paul's uh, nodding his head. He knows everybody. She's, she's a great she's partner. A good person, good people. And yeah. she's very familiar with West Bloomfield Youth Assistance and all that we do. And I said, you know, I think we can do something that uh, really has never been done with youth assistance. Is we're going we're gonna to not put our little baby toe in the water here. We're going to jump in 100%. And we're going to do one of the biggest fundraisers that West Bloomfield's ever seen. We're going to bring in thousands of people for a very big food truck rally right in front of the Orchard Mall and... Friday, June 8th. June the 8th. Yeah, it's from 5 to 9.30. It is. So we're going to have 14 food trucks. Okay. We have bounce houses and kids' activities. We have 21 different vendor tables for area businesses can come, and they can let wow. people know what they sell and why they exist. We have a live band, Detroit Motions, coming in. We have a beautiful stage and a beer and wine tent. Are there any more tables? There are, there are some tables. How do they contact so, you? Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait, wait. How do they contact, put, put how do for, they contact put us, you? Put us for a table. Absolutely. Paul will be there. I I'll will be in Denver, Colorado. I'm going to put us for um, a at another fundraiser, but no, Paul no, will be we're there. going to bring out a camera crew and we'll tape us. It'd be great. Then you can put it out on the link. And we can take care of that. So, yeah, let me get my guy set up for uh, June 8th. Better be in town. And Absolutely. we'll set this up. But we'll so put a table I'll tell you together. something. Yeah. You know, uh, four years ago, I was asked to join West Bloomfield Youth Assistance by Trustee Howard Rosenberg. And oh, yeah. I like a I lot of Howard. people. Howard's a good guy. He is a great guy. I did not know exactly what Youth Assistance did. And so I, I came on, and I, I, I quickly learned that uh, they do mentorships. They do scholarships for kids. Uh, they do this incredible show called Parenting on the Go, where they get these local experts to talk to parents for just four minutes about parenting and, and how they can be better parents. And it's uh, received a huge, uh, I, I would say, hug from our, our community. They love it. They don't have to physically go somewhere and watch someone speak for an hour. They can just go out. Go to Civic Center TV or, or go to YouTube and, and watch this. And uh, that's something I think you guys would be interested in as well because yeah. it's, it's been uh, received with open arms. You're going to be hearing a lot from us. I hope you don't <laughs> oh, mind. Oh, yeah. Because, You've got my number. No, no, I got your number. Yeah, so let I know me, where, let I know me ask you a different you. question within the department. Um, 
do we have a dare car? We no, we no longer do dare. Okay. Uh, that is now team. Okay. Which is a we have a team car concept, and we are actually not right now involved with that as much because uh, we have a, another nonprofit group within the community that does a lot of that. <laughs> that I'm specifically I'm very supportive of, but I, I'm not on their board. Is the Greater West Bloomfield Community Coalition? So they actually teach. Uh, a type of team within our school district that keeps kids off of alcohol, drugs, and cigarettes, and things like that. How many hours do you work? You're involved in so much. <laughs> I, I mean, you don't. You I'm never quit. Busy. We haven't yeah, talked yeah. about Optimist Club yet. Yeah, we got to oh, talk about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, we don't. How about have, the but, Pessimist Club? But <laughs> the important thing to know don't is there's there. a lot of great nonprofit groups in West Bloomfield and surrounding with Farmington Hills and Novi. Mm-hmm. And these are great groups, and a lot of these are, uh, groups are there to help kids. And they need volunteers, they need financial backing, uh, they need sponsors. So, you know, reach out to them, find out about what they're about, and, and, and get involved. Well, I got to tell you, you have shared so many different aspects of what's going on in the township. You know, whether it's with the West Bloomfield Police Department, community service, the volunteerism, and, of course, the big event on June 8th at the Orchard Mall. Um, we've got to thank you so much, Kurt, for coming in today, spending time with us here, giving uh, the community a little bit of an education on all the aspects of West Bloomfield, from law enforcement to volunteerism. So I know Paul and I want to thank you so much and give our regards to the chief and to all the officers, uh, men and women, that protect the community. I will, and I've uh, great, I greatly enjoyed being here. Thank you for the invite. Have a good day. All right. So we're going to have to take a little break here, and uh, this is New Radio Media Talking Biz. I'm Peter Prom along with Paul Benzman. Don't forget, 844-999-9249 if you want to give us a buzz, and don't forget to check us on the Apple and the Android, uh, and we'll be right back. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says there was a substantial drop in diabetes deaths in the decade leading up to 2006 especially for deaths resulting from heart disease or stroke that's attributed to diabetes. American adults with diabetes are still more likely to die younger than those who do not have the condition, but the gap is getting smaller. The findings come after researchers looked at data from 1997 to 2004, covering nearly a quarter of a million adults. The mortality rate may be falling for some very simple but sound reasons. People with diabetes were found to be less likely to smoke and more likely to be physically active than they were in the past. And there also have been some improvements in controlling blood pressure and cholesterol levels. But sadly, the news is not all good though. As the CDC also says that the prevalence of diabetes is likely to rise in the future, largely due to poor lifestyle choices and obesity. With another prescription for your health, I'm Dr. Jim Bragman. What's going on in your neighborhood? They say it takes a village. It's the simple things. The things that are a testament to the old. And the things that are a testament to the new. Know what's going on in your community. Check out our community channel on newradiomedia.com. Why are we here? What makes a person truly good? For those answers, you're going to have to take a philosophy class. But if you're more interested in who would win in a fight between R2-D2 and a Dalek, watch Get It to the Geeks on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. on NewRadioMedia.com.
We're back. We're back here on Talking Biz on New Radio Media. What an amazing gentleman. Unbelievable. You know, um, you, you'd think that, you know, the, the policemen do only so many things, and he does a lot. I don't know how he sleeps. Well, the key is that they're multifaceted. They're not just law enforcement. They're community-based individuals. They want the community to be stronger. And he, like, he took a chapter out of the Walt Disney book of how to get along with the community. I thought that was Mickey Mouse pulling me over last week. I, you know, yeah. she oh. was a wonderful lady with the state police. Yes, yes. You know, and if you had been driving properly, we won't even go there, um, this would not have happened. Thanks, Dad. It's my Thank, pleasure. Thanks, Dad. As uh, we say in our office, uh, you pay for your own tickets here. So let's <laughs> talk about a couple things here, Peter. What, what? You know, we, I didn't expect Kurt to go so long. No, I did. He was. I did. I'm, I told I'm, him. I'm glad he did and all that stuff. And. And I'm going to bring it back down, back to the, the business here. You know, that was good business, and we got that. It's excellent. And amazing stuff, and we'll get involved in the food rally. And, yep. and obviously, we've got to get him a show on the community channel, and we'll work on that. We'll have our staff call him and get it. Uh, something interesting going on in the United States is both good and bad. Okay, are we talking about employment? We're talking about employment. So, in our old days, mm-hmm. we used to give the employment picture every week. Mm-hmm. You know, 15 mm-hmm. down to 14, down mm-hmm. to 13. Mm-hmm. Now we're down to 3.9. Yes. Bing. Bong. Issue, issue. There's a couple things going on here. Yeah, One, the lights are flashing. Well, there's a couple things going on is that a lot of these were low-paying jobs. Correct. And through the higher-paying jobs, the technical jobs, we don't have the people to hire. So we have an education problem. And, and we also have a problem that with the immigration visas that we're educating a lot of people who used to stay here that aren't welcome here or they're having a hard time staying here. So well, you have this real... Headlogger because you've got a governor in the state of Michigan that would love to have immigrants stay, mm-hmm. and you have somebody in Washington, D.C. that says no. So that's a big issue, and we've got to settle this because here's where we're going, and it's going to lead into my next story, okay? You don't have the people for jobs, so you have a lot of companies starting up, and, and you, you go around this area. If you open up a restaurant, good luck. You can't find anybody Forget to the work, restaurant. You okay? move up. So if you move up and you start a factory and you've got skilled trades that have to run computer-controlled gen- uh, uh, computer machines, forget that, too. So it's a big problem. We talked about this on our old show about you know unemployment and everything. Down to 3.9, both good and bad. Uh, problem is that it's going to affect us, and we're going to talk next week about what I see in the horizon of 18 months from now, and it's not going to be pretty. Okay. Not going to be. So we got another thing on the agenda. Well, you know, we're talking about you know the president wants to reduce trade deficits, and once again, China didn't take our business; we gave it to them. So when we had demanded lower prices, like a Walmart demanding lower prices, yeah, that's a great item at five dollars. But if you make in China, I'll buy it for two dollars. So it demanded these companies to go to China to build a factory or partner in China to give us that two dollar item. So these companies moved their machinery over there, sold their machinery. And so even if we wanted to reverse it right away, we can't. Correct. Because here's two issues. One, we don't have the infrastructure for it. And two, we don't have the employees. Well, the, you know, here's the issue. You've got a couple of things. Let's go with the employees first. Mm-hmm. Um, we've always had this problem that whether we were in the fields picking the fruit, et cetera, Nobody wanted to do that line of labor for that value. So if you open up a manufacturing plant, it'll be automated. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to make textiles today and you're going to make the shirts and the pants, 95% of that plant will be in automation. 
So the person on the computers that will have to do it won't be there for $15 an hour. Nope. That's the first thing. No, that'll be a sixty, seventy thousand dollars 70000 a year job. Thank you very much. So knowing that, that cost factor, we have to re-educate the American mindset that a shirt is not going to be a dollar, and I'm using this as a generic ter- terminology. That shirt's going to have to be two, two fifty, just because of the the labor cost of it, and if it becomes a union shop, and all of those things come into play. Look, China had their business, but then it went to Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Vietnam became the shirt maker for the world for a while. Oh, furniture pa- manufacturing too. Pakistan was a shirt manufacturer with them. Mm-hmm. Egypt was. We cycle it around to the lowest bidder. But do we want to have this war, or do we just say, listen? Well, I think it's a pissing match. You can make, I think it's a pissing it match. It is, but here's the deal. You have to settle that a lot of this is not coming back and say, fine, what industries can we accelerate in? That's what we have to look at. Well, we at. did. We and accelerated so, in it. We became the IT. Look, we started in Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. We came up, but then we farmed out the actual work, brought it back for assembly. But the actual boards and everything were made outside the borders of the United States. They came back in, and sure, the packaging says assembled in U.S. That was it. And that's what we can do. We can assemble in the United States. One thing I'll have to say is that it seems like the tax cuts for corporations, we're still weighing in on whether it's good or bad where it's going. We don't know where it's going. But some companies have brought the money back. Other people have lined their pockets and haven't spread the wealth around. So we still have to watch where that's going. But it also affects manufacturing and what we're going to do here. So as they bring the money back, are they going to build plants here? We're not seeing that. No. We're not seeing that. And I don't think we're going to see that. So we've got to see where that money can go. And like you said, high tech, other industries, we're going. Um, Once again, we're going to do a show in the relatively soon time that I, I have a crystal ball that I read. And I look at the ball, and it's not pretty 18 to 20 months, four months from now. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll dedicate it to that. And, um, I, and I know we'll have some guests in the studio to share with us, mm-hmm. you know, some of the thoughts from uh, – we'll probably have somebody from one of the universities also because they Chief bring a – economist ho- from a bank. Right. That line you know, people, people bring in a whole different view. But from the street side, you know, just walking into general retail, you know, Carson's is closed. Or they're closing, mm-hmm. and there's a there's a big backlash now between the Toys R Us. Now you got Carson's, and as more of these retailers are closing, people are getting very frustrated. Well, and that core group of people that were working, they have nowhere to go. Well, and and let's again, and, we'll and talk more about it. We don't have a lot of time today, Peter. But what's going to happen is is the following: um, Laurel Park Mall uh, is probably uh, going to be a teardown relatively soon, within the next few years. Uh, and redevelopment. So once again, we got to look at the retail segment. How do you reinvent yourself? How do you reinvent real estate? Whole other topic, but there's a lot of changes going on all over the country. Uh, Shopping center convention coming up the end of this month in Las Vegas. Uh, Attendance is going to be light. They're already extending the early bird deadline. So a lot of things going on. I hear our music in the background. Peter, I want to thank you. It's so nice to hear the music. I I want to thank you for two things. I never get an exit music. Thank you for inviting Kurt. Amazing guy. Oh, it's my pleasure. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Where are you headed today? I am going to go to Bowling Green, Ohio, one of my favorite spots to do a little work that has to be taken care of down there today. Uh, But with a beautiful weekend, I want you to enjoy it. And to all of our listeners at New Radio Media Talking Biz, I'm Peter Perlman, my partner Paul Benzman. Have a great weekend.